Come on, everybody, it's the inside trip. So crack a high life and take a sip on that T-I-T. Get up and scream, and you can spell it backwards. You know what I mean. Your boy Brando in the house tonight. Gonna lay it down smooth and keep it tight. When Ben Watson gets on the mic, you better get ready because he brings the hype. It's about that time you already know that nasty trip, this nasty flow. The inside trip that is the show. Don't wind up on your back, bro. Ah, uh, what is up, wrestling fans? We are back. Again and again and again, it's the Inside Trip Wrestling Podcast coming at you with episode number 114. And all of our faithful listeners and fellow friends, wrestling fans out there, you know what time it is. It's, it's Big, Big Ten, Ten Weekend. Oh, I love this weekend, Ben. You know it's Big Ten Weekend, baby. And it's we nailed post, that on the first season. Take, and we nailed that on the first take, which I'm pumped about. It's postseason. It's time. The haze in the barn, it's time for getting down to business to getting down to business. Ladies and gentlemen, we are at the qualifier this weekend for every individual wrestler, except for the few automatic qual- or except for the few wildcard bids that will punch their ticket to the NCAA wrestling tournament, which is the greatest tournament on earth. I couldn't be more excited. I'm pumped, and it's been so much excitement leading up to it these past few days because even though conference tournament is coming up, we got that to look forward to. It wasn't without a little drama. You know, a couple of guys, are they going to wrestle? Or are they not going to wrestle? Teams trying to make these last-minute strategies. We'll yeah, get into that in just a that? second. But before we do, let's get down to that business. As I said, episode number 114. My name is Brandon Olinger. Join with me as always. My good old bud sitting here drinking a Mick Ultra. Ooh, thank Ben? You. It's so hot. It's so hot. Watson. What up, what up, what up? You know, I like to make altars. I'm trying to get skinny. Me too. Actually, I realize I love craft beer more than anything. I love craft beer. and But the amount of carbs in craft beer compared to like an ultra, it's just exponentially different. So every once in a while, I just got to go with the ultra because, you know, I'm trying to live past 50. I don't know if it's going to happen. Hey, I'm gonna try. Look, I am on your train as well. I'm not drinking that Mick Ultra. I am trying to lose weight, watching my carbs. You know me. I got this nice, nice big bottle of tequila here. Cenote or C note? Is some new C note? C note? Cenote? Whatever they call it, it is a kick-ass looking bottle that was given to me. Um, it tastes delicious. I love tequila. No no carbohydrates in that. And by the way, it That's is right. the only alcohol that is a stimulant, not a depressant. So I'm about to get fired up. Oh, yeah. It gives you a boner. All right, then. So we talked about a couple of guys that could be, could not be competing. A couple of boners coming up. Yeah, a couple of boners uh, in the postseason, which not only <laughs> has, you know, major implications on you know, what could and could not happen at the conference oh, tournaments and the NCAA tournament. My God, if it doesn't have the ability to cause 10 grown men in a fantasy wrestling league act like freaking 15-year-old high school boyfriend, girlfriend. I'm not going to just say girls. I'm going to say boys. 15-year-olds. Just a bunch of idiots. Well, yeah. And that would be none other than uh, Mr. Zahid Valencia and Greg Kirkfleet. I know. 
right? I mean, what do you do? You know, we all have our opinions on. So, so our rosters. So, for long story short, our we we can carry over the fantasy league that we did for WrestleStat to the NCAA's with the same team. But our rule has always been that our rosters lock the Sunday before the first qualifying tournament. Because remember, Pac-12s used to do do a week even before that. And the reason being is because we used to hand score everything, and you didn't want people to be able to see the pre seeds. There's a couple of reasons, and actually, Why don't you tell? before the Pac-12s were on the same weekend, they've been on the same weekend now the last couple of years, we always, rosters always locked the Friday before Pac-12s. Right. Okay, so you, that Friday, oh, and then Pac-12s would be that weekend, and then once Pac-12s decided to, you know, uh, be like everybody else and do the smart thing and have the conference tournament on the same weekend, we always lock rosters the Sunday before. Multiple reasons. You hit on some. Look, pre-seeds is one. Uh, you know, it, it, people will, can can you know pick up a you know a, a red shirt, some guy that you think might wrestle, keep him on your team, and it's like, oh no, he's not going to wrestle. Pick drop him at the last minute. But most importantly, and this is what we forgot when this whole big battle fight went out, all transactions always take place the following week. Right. You know what I mean? No, I get what you're saying. So the long story short is uh, these gentlemen decided that they were going to take the risk and. So we're, we made the decision that the, Brandon made the decision, or not made the decision. We decided that we were going to continue to follow what we've typically done. Locked the rosters at eleven fifty nine on Sunday, and people p- put their rosters out there. One of them had Zahid on it. One of them had Kirkleet on it. You know what? That's a strategy that they were willing to employ. Not saying it's a bad or a good strategy, but when <laughs> when word came out that those guys were no longer in a well, we don't know for sure about Zahid, but it's it's it sounded pretty. Pretty likely he's not going yeah, to. I, 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 yeah, and Kirkwood, he's not. He's not at least entered. So th- then these guys they wanted to uh, they wanted to you know edit their roster. You know it gets a, it gets a little heated. You know, look. In all fairness, Ben. Okay, so this is also the first usually year. every if, yeah. So usually every year before the fantasy wrestling season starts, because before this year. I've run everything by hand, and I mean this. Is you full, didn't have bench guys. This is, we didn't have bench guys. You had twelve guys. That was it. You got one roster transaction, one ad drop per week. Okay, um, it didn't take effect till the following week. Hand scored everything. I mean, it took a lot of time, but it's fun, and we had a great time. And before the season would start, I would send out this extensive rule list, <laughs> everything that nobody reads, and they ask the same questions oh, I read at the end of the season, and then they act shocked when something happens. Now this year. We, we, we tried the WrestleStat thing. And you know what? And kudos to WrestleStat. For your first step at this fantasy wrestling, it was a lot of fun. It was awesome. It definitely took a, a lot of work out of my hands. And I think with a, a couple of tweaks, you guys are going to have a kick-ass product going forward for a long, long time. Look, anyway, I think that it was awesome. It, exactly. What, I, I'm saying that. Yeah, it, it was awesome. I'm saying that. It, I, I completely agree. I'm just saying... I think we all agreed that there's just a few things that could be tweaked here and there to make it even better. You know, even better. Well, sure. It's okay. their first year. Exactly. Ben, that's what I said. Yeah. Um, I just want to make sure that they understand that we're not trying to diss them or anything. Because I, I love those guys. I don't. I think WrestleStat is anyway. the most underrated wrestling website in the world. So this is what I'm going to tell you. WrestleStat is the most useful and informative wrestling website there is out there, period. Because everything... Is statistical fact. Right. I love it. All right? Yeah, what we say is not statistically fact. Not opinion pieces about who is going to you know, win 285 in the Big Ten. Not putting and, out content based on clicks. And you misspell three words and shit like that. I mean, it's just facts and stats about wrestlers, and that's what us nerds like. I love it. But anyway, I always send out the rules beginning of the season. Well, this year, when I was typing up these rules, I was going 
first of all, I was medicated up because I was on medical leave from a really bad surgery. So, so what I put out there was that rosters lock before conference tournaments. Right. Thinking the fact, forgetting the fact that we have some couple of new guys this year. Right. Uh, yeah, you know what? That was an oversight. It was an oversight. All right. It's an oversight. You, you know what? This is what I'll tell people. You run this shit then next year. <laughs> um, but anyway, February 12th, I posted in our group chat that said, guys, couple of things here. And one of them was, don't forget, rosters lock 1159 on Sunday, March 1st. Yep. March 1st. You did. Not one person said a thing. Okay. When, when did you say rosters lock? Oh, okay. Then the time comes. And, and actually, even before, I'd say probably less than a week before, we had a long conversation about when rosters locked. Yeah, and, exactly. and we again Rem- reiterated. Re- reminded people again. That rosters lock. Reminded people again. Sunday night. Nobody said shit. And then Sunday comes and goes. Everybody's making their trades, submitting their final rosters for the, for the postseason. And one of our guys on our team, in our league, obviously has a Heat Valencia, okay? All right. First round pick. And so Monday, I send a message to the group. I got to thinking about it. I was like, yeah, here's the thing. You know, this Valencia thing is complicated. We can look at it two ways. We can look at it as you can take the chance and keep him on your roster, and that's your your decision, your prerogative. Or we could treat this like an injury situation because the suspension's indefinite. We don't know. News, wrestling news – this good, this is the news we need, we can't right. get. They keep it tight. And there's lip. history in the league of allowing a person to replace it with somebody off the waivers. Cause you for, an injury. Benches, for an injury. If somebody was injured before yeah. before the conference, yeah. not after. That's it. And uh, and all I wanted was the league's just thoughts. Yes or no? That's all I needed. Say yay or nay. And it turned into this big ordeal. I said nay, by the way, because I thought you made it very clear when the roster was locked. It went into this big ordeal because some dude – who didn't draft Kirk Fliet, who didn't oh, have him on his on team all year. I'm getting on Tommy. Tommy, I love you, but I'm getting on you, and I hope to see you in Minnesota, Minneapolis. Did not draft Kirk Fliet, did not have his team all year. Heard the news that Penn State was submitting an application to get him in state to wrestle in the postseason. And, of course, Penn State fans, Penn State fans will tell you they're going to have 14 national champions. So, of course, they're going to tell 15. you that. Yeah, 15. Of course, they're going to tell you that it's an 88 88- a 98.9% probability that Kirk Fliet's going to wrestle in the postseason. And you know what? Pick him up. That's, Pick that's him up. A, if that's a risk you want to take, up. then yeah, but you know what? You put if, him on his roster. If you put him on your roster and you put him forward as your NCAA roster and he's not going, that's shit on luck for you, bud. Yeah. You took a chance. You beat everybody to the waiver wire. You picked him up. And you never said a damn thing about rosters locking until that Monday <laughs> when word starts to come out. Oh, Kirk ain't going to wrestle. Kirk. And then it turns into a dick swinging match. It's a nightmare. With a it was a nightmare. Dicks. So many dicks. But I love them all. There's ten dicks of all varying sizes and shapes. <laughs> I'm sure. And uh, yeah, there was a dick swinging match. Bottom but, line is this: I think that I don't know what we ended up final, finalizing on. I said, look, guys, because we have benches this year. If you want to replace one of your guys with a bench guy by Friday, fine. Brandon even said, "Let's compromise." And this do that. is what I and said. And then nobody even nobody but nobody Tommy. Responded. Tommy did like yeah. the post, but, but here's my thing. thinking that like you know I'm going to take that exactly as yes, but, and then I said that's fine. But Ben, here's the thing, you know. So I, I try to be the bigger person, think about it, you know, and be rational. I said, "Don't All take right. it as sensitive as you do." You know what? Shut the hell up. You shut the hell up. You shouldn't anyway, take it as sensitive. I, I don't take it as sensitive. You think I do? I just get tired of every year the same time of year a bunch of thirty plus year old men bitching and whining and crying because they don't yet? pay attention. 
Well, whatever. I mean, I don't know. He might as well be. He's got two kids. But, I'm just joking with you, man. So I tell everybody, you know what? Let's just do this. Let's let's make a compromise here. We'll allow the two idiots that decided to keep two guys on their team that aren't going to wrestle to swap them out, okay? With guys on their bench. With guys on their bench. Not if they have somebody. And then, other than that, if it's announced this week before the tournament start, before because EIWA starts Friday, okay? So we said, I think I said, you know, Friday at 8 a.m. If anybody gets injured this week, whether it be, you know, falling down the steps in a lecture hall, at practice, jerking off, whatever it is, we'll allow you to replace a guy, too, from your bench. And you know what? Not one person says shit. But me. Yeah, but you. You said something about, like, I... It was. I said was, I concur, it, right? I, or I, I, I said some lawyerly It was lawyer about, speak. Yeah, about but how But then I, nobody else said anything. And what, you know what that shows me? Y'all MFers just want to bitch and whine and start drama. That, that is true. Like... And I still love you, you all. You gave them the option. And nobody and said they shit. Didn't say shit. So you know what? Rosters locked 3-1. So enjoy having Kirk and Zahid on your teams. Let the postseason begin, baby. <laughs> all Woo. right. It's Big Ten weekend, Ben. Speaking of the postseason. It's, it's more than Big Ten weekend. It's conference weekend. It's conference weekend. Yeah, we follow the Big Ten. We're in, we're in Big Ten country. Yeah, it gets the most allocations. Look, we, we just don't have the time. I'd love to. I would love to sit down and do a podcast from Big Ten to SoCon. I would do it, but we just don't have the time to do it. So we're going to focus on the Big Ten. I'm excited about the IWAs, though, too. Name me one wrestler in the SoCon. Uh, Gabriel, uh, what is it, Fabian Gutierrez? All right, right on. The I was going to say Josh Heil. Yeah, Josh Heil. Okay. Yeah, basically. Yeah, you, I mean, you said Gabriel Gutierrez. No, I said <laughs> <laughs> I got it right the second time. I like him just hey, because I really like the way he wrestles. Be careful with those Mick Ultras, buddy. Yeah, I'm going to drink a couple of them now. While we get down to business and get down to business. But anyways, we don't got to justify why we're talking about the Big Ten. I think everybody knows why we're talking about that Big Ten. Yeah, let's hit on the Big Ten. We'll hit on a couple of other, you know, potential hot spots, some of these other conferences. But let's talk ben Ten, Big Ten, baby. Pre-seeds came out yesterday. Love it. I don't know if, I don't know how you felt, whether there was a lot of surprises or not. There's only a couple of minor surprises to me. I'll tell you the biggest one. The biggest surprise to me, we'll get into it later, was Shakur Rashid. Preceded six, yeah, with a five and four record. That's one of them, and all but one of his one of his wins come from guys with losing records. And I'm talking about not like what's his best win? Pagano probably from Rutgers. Jordan Pagano is the best win. Yeah, all right, and, and they got Pagano seated below him, and I think Pagano's probably like you know I don't know twenty and ten something like that. Pagano just beat Brucky, so it, it, that's the guy that beat Brucky. It is, yeah. Pagano beat Brucky. Pagano beat Brucky in the duel Rutgers versus Princeton for the Battle of New Jersey. Yeah. Wow! Fucking I'm, crazy, I'm, man. All right, right on. Um, so that just that's a head scratch, I mean, dude. You're five and four. You've lost all all, all four of your losses. He got the two seat last year at NCAA's as well. Well, but he went into NCAA's with one loss. Yeah, but he, and, but he still didn't wrestle a full. Yeah. But he had good wins. He was twenty one and one. He finished runner up at the big yeah, big tens. All right, and he had good wins. Anyways, but there were Penn I, I, State fans that thought he should have had the one seed. Well, they're fucking stupid. Excuse me, I'm already dropping f bombs. I'm sorry, Stop guys. It. It's it's way too early. We're not even through, we're not even started 125 yet. Um, yeah, no, we, we can talk 197 later. That was just that no, was one I of the biggest that, surprises. To I me. think that no, what I was saying is I think that there's there was I think for the most part the seeds were pretty darn good. Yeah, I think so too. And again, guys, if you're listening to this, again, these are pre seeds. These are, you know. Liable likely. change. It's likely to change. There's going to be or likely to stay the same for could, most weights. Could but. stay the same. Could change here and there. Yeah. You never know what's going to happen. Um, it, but I, you know what the other big surprise to me was, Ben? What's that? 
Name me the last time that 125 was so down in the Big Ten as it is this year. Crazy. Honestly, you have Spencer Lee, and then after that, Devin Schroeder's tough. Yeah, but no, but no, I mean, he, no he's tough compared to the rest of the weight class, but tough compared to like past Big Tens. No, talk about last year. He doesn't have the who we have last year. Oh my goodness, I'd have to go. I'd have to go. Rivera. Look. Yeah, you'd have you'd have Rivera, Lee, Lee. Um, shit. I mean, come on. It was more than that. That was a dumb question to ask because we don't have it up in front. Yeah, of us. I don't have it up in front of me. But there, there were, Rayvon Foley. Foley was Foley there. was good. Yeah. Um. So I mean, look, and even if you go before that, then you got you had in the Tomasellos. You remember the days when it was like fucking Delgado. Oh my goodness! I mean, if you want to go all the way back, I mean, yeah, I mean, Ben, that was like within the last seven years. Sure. No, but what I'm saying <laughs> is, yeah, no, your point is well taken that 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 125 doesn't have the firepower that it that it traditionally does. In fact, I, I mean, you know, if you just want to dive into it, Lee's going to be untested. The guy that he wrestles in the – the guy that I have him wrestling in the finals, it's not actually a guarantee at all, but I have him wrestling Schroeder in the finals, and he already tech-fault this guy this year. And Schroeder actually will have a little bit of a battle to get there. Um, Schroeder wasn't done any favors based on Cronin getting the seventh seed because Cronin, when they wrestled in the duel just recently in 2020, Cronin beat Schroeder. I think a lot of people don't realize that. So – Schroeder has put on put the uh, the second best results out there in the Big Ten, but I could see him being tripped up again by Cronin or a McKee or Diagostino, who's a good second round match. So, so I get what you're saying, but here's the here's the thing: uh, Devin Schroeder, without having never been on the podium, is legitimately the the, the second best guy in this weight class. Nice Twenty four and four. He he he's got one head scratching loss. To 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 Liam Cronin, it was three to one in January. Look, at the end of the day, th- that's not going to matter. He he's t- he he recently tech falled Patrick McKee twenty to five. All right, right. You know he, he Michael Augustine D'Agostino, who who's been tough this year. He he majored him this year. Well, Shorter's right? got that. Shorter's got that top game. He does. That's what I'm saying. And when you're talking about guys like 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 Cronin, all right, he got the takedown. He won the match. Congrats to him. I think it's a two man it's two man race to get to the finals. I think that it was seated right. Um, you know, and I mean no disrespect when I say this, but when I first looked at the precedes in the Big Ten for this, the first thing I thought reminded me of the movie Major League. You know, the the guys that are like, who are these guys? And the even more interesting is they got eight qualifiers. That, I mean, we that, there's, there's some other weights that have like six. Is I think the lowest they got eight qualifiers. I mean, they're going all the way down. In fact. To to to, uh, to give you a little bit of a, a Buckeye action here, I'm not sure Heinzelman could have got a better draw here for how for for how up and down the season is. But he's got D'Arostino first round, and I think he loses that. He's lost to him already this year. He but beat him last he beat year him though. Last year, and if he can and listen, listen to this, listen to this. Okay, go ahead. I, I, let, I, let me walk you through real quick. Please do. I'm sorry. This. I'm sorry. No, you're good. You forgive me. So he's got D'Arostino first round. If he wins that. He's got Pat McKee, second round, who's coming off an injury, who he beat last year. But, but McKee Heinzelman did beat him this year. McKee beat him this year, but I'm saying Heinzelman, Heinzelman could make the semis against Schroeder. If we can get Isn't the Heinzelman crazy? from last year, he's making the, the one that showed up against Meredith at Penn State on the road. Right, he's making the semis. We, yes. He, you're right. He couldn't have got a more favorable draw for a guy that's had a, not a great season. Well, listen to this the on the backside. So he loses. Let's say he loses to Diagostino first round, which is probably likely. He's got Meredith, who will beat, likely. And then he's got Medley from Michigan, who he's never lost to. He's beaten like four times. He wins that. 
he punches his ticket to the NCAA tournament. All he's got to do to make the NCAA tournament is beat guys he's already beaten. Yeah. He's got a All for he's an 11 seed is a great draw. To make the NCAA tournament is beat guys that he has not beaten this year. No, he beat Medley this year. Beat him seven to three. It's decent about the other. But thing. I'm saying, isn't but it, I agree with you, Ben. That like for a guy that, for the 11 seed, he's set up to make the tournament. Okay, that's a nice little uh, draw for him. Let me throw another caveat out there. Brackets have not been released. These are pre-seeds. Ben actually went ahead and manually filled out brackets. So well, he's... they seed to 14, so you can fill them out. Right, I accurate. Know. Okay. I, yeah, who knows? I, I, so I'm not going to have much to say about who's going to be in the eighth and ninth. But place. you can ask me, like, and I can tell you is what I'm saying. Okay. So, uh, you know, I, there's Look, not much else to I, say. About I, this. I, I mean, expect to see Lee and Schroeder in the, the finals. I think Lee is probably he's going to bonus his way through. He's going to tech fall his way through. Right? Yeah, tech fall or Penn, whatever it is, through he's going to be the one seed at nationals. I mean, you got the front runner for the Hodge here versus a guy who's never all American before. I think round of 16 last year, and he's on my fantasy team too. So that just adds more to the. Well, then I hope Shorter somehow trips him up. <laughs> uh, one thirty-three. I think this is going to be one of the most exciting weight classes to watch is the weight in class. this tournament. I mean, you can go down for the sake of argument. Let's go down top. The top eight guys uh, all have major pedigree. I mean, you got Jordan Decatur as the fourteen seed. We, we know what he's capable of. We Crazy. know what he hasn't done this year. But Seth Gross one, Roma Bravo Young two, DeSanto three, Piotrowski four. I don't think Gross. Could have had it any better after that. Rivera five. Um, there's oh, really to me. Rivera. He does. Um, I, I would not call Rivera five a surprise because four and five make no difference, and I would not seed Rivera ahead of DeSanto Bravo Young. Right, and I think I think what they did is they penalized Rivera for missing time without penalizing him too much. You know what I mean? Uh, I completely agree. He basically was like, you know, Travis Piotrowski, you've wrestled the whole season. We're going to give you the fourth seed, but you're going to have Sebastian Rivera. This weight class only qualifies seven. I, I was just Isn't thinking the same thing because it qualifies seven, but there are some guys, eight through 14, a couple of guys Ooh, absolutely. that could that could mess some things up. Now, to me, the story of this, the story of this tournament is going to be uh, the DeSanto-Bravo Young rematch, assuming they meet in the semifinals. Amazing, right? I mean, yeah. We got, uh, I'm going to go ahead and or assume. Top three, excuse me, sorry. I'm going to go ahead and assume they meet Sebastian. in the semifinals, and I think that is going to be the story of this weight class. So, not to get off too off topic, but what do you think about RBY two, DeSanto three, based on that injury default loss? Got any problems with it? Uh, to me, two and three, no difference at the conference tournament. Yeah. DeSanto does, does have a win over Gross. Here's the thing: DeSanto is going to get Ridge Lovett, and Bravo Young is going to get Sammy Alvarez. So, right. who would you rather have? Sammy Alvarez. I think they're both pretty damn tough. I mean, here's the thing. I'm, Alvarez wrestled RBY to a uh, overtime match last that's night. That's what I'm saying. RBY got no uh, you know, no favors done on that. Right. Personally, good I think point. Alvarez is a bet. I think he's better than Ridge Lovett at this at this point. Ridge Lovett is good on he's top. He's really good on top. Yeah, which is which is that great equalizer, but I look, RBY for getting the 2 seed and having Sammy Alvarez you know, in that quarter there, assuming he gets past a guy like Garrett Peppel, because I believe it's seven ten meet up. Yeah, um, Alvarez uh, is one on one against Peppel this year. So yeah, so th- I mean, no guarantee. Yeah, this but, is a, this is a good weight. It's gonna be a great weight, but I mean, Peppel's not a bad wrestler. I'm telling you, these are good guys all the way down. I can't believe they only got seven. Now let me take you back to what I was saying because I wanted to ask you, what do you thought? It's, what, what are your thoughts about this potential rematch between DeSanto and RBY? I'm, I'm glad that you asked me that. Um, I got DeSanto winning. I think that that's crazy. I don't know why. Maybe I'm just – sometimes people do certain things so much and so well that when you watch them, you're like, this guy is unbeatable. Like the first time he beat Gross, 
I was like, how's anybody going to beat this guy? We forget that RBY definitely was kicking the tail out of DeSanto before the injury default, even though, the you know, he he got a legit takedown off that kind of, like, uh, ankle pick double, and then he put DeSanto on his back twice before DeSanto called out. I don't know why I'm picking DeSanto, except for the fact that I, I trust that there are going to be adjustments made. Now, let's not forget DeSanto's 2-0 and against them last year. But RBY has looked really good this year. He's looked next level good. Um, I'm almost talking myself into taking RBY, but I'm, I'm going to go with DeSanto. So here's the thing, and I agree with you. Look, RBY was kicking the shit out of DeSanto in the dual match this year, and I think it would not be disrespe- disrespectful for people to assume that DeSanto maybe uh, mentally checked out and kind of uh, quit on that match, um, oh, whether sure. it was a legit injury or not. But the thing that I want people to remember is that I think Austin DeSanto gets better when he wrestles people the second and third times. All right, These guys had a battle last year at the Big Ten Championships that DeSanto ended up winning 12-8, to and RBY kept that arm behind him. All right, He kept that arm behind him then. They met up again at the NCAA tournament, okay, and RBY legitimately tried to keep that left arm away from DeSanto exactly like he did in their dual match this year. And DeSanto, he tried to do it this year, too. Um, that's what I just said. Yeah. It was, it, it, it was exactly like he did this year. DeSanto beat him 7-2, to two, okay? In that match, in that match, let's think about how the points were scored. RBY's tactic was to keep the left arm from him. DeSanto still easily got to his legs. He made a couple of small mistakes on the finishes, which allowed RBY to either score a takedown or lock up a cradle and roll him over. Okay, That stuff right there, the Iowa coaches can fix. What you can't fix is easily, or what, what they don't need to worry about, is his ability to get to RBY's legs all day long, right. even with the left arm back, and he's shown that he can finish him. I think DeSanto's going to go out there with a chip on his shoulder. He's a nasty, mean SOB, and I think he's going to get that win. Yeah. But what you can't, what you can't, I get, I get what you're saying. What you can fix, but what you can't teach is speed, and that's something that RBY has shown next level this year. His ability to get into positions with such veracity, and he's finishing them with such force that um, I think this is going to be the best semifinal of the entire tournament. <laughs> and then maybe the second one is right above it. Gross Rivera, man. This weight class is nutty. Woo! I'm sorry. I, I'm sorry. You said that, and I, I, I was just sitting here thinking about what you just said in relation to RBY and DeSanto. And honestly, I don't think there's a faster guy in college wrestling than RBY. I'm and sure I don't there think is. there's a guy with a bigger pace who can get to your legs at will. He won't stop. Than DeSanto, because you're right. He won't stop. Unless he injury defaults. Unless- that was strange, man. You know, I no need to browbeat it, but that no, was strange. No, I'm not going to browbeat it. Look, I, I think Coach Brand sa- said it best. Whether people think what he said was appropriate or not, you know, he's going to call it how he sees it. I think that, you know, DeSanto just he had a little he had a la- he he had a little moment of mental weakness there, and that's been his thing throughout his college. He's done it before. Remember he's when shown... he lost to what's his face from Rutgers in the round of twelve his freshman year? Oh, that guy ended up All American. Uh, 
It was the round of 12. I forget the guy was. Um, was it Geraldo? No. Geraldo? No. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Um, I know who you're talking about. Yeah, but you know what? He got he got ridden out. He took down and just tried to stall his way out. And then um, was it Rutgers? Yeah, he got he, he took down and got Van uh, Del Vecchio. He's got Del Vecchio. Oh, Del Vecchio. Yeah, 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 yeah. He yeah, took yeah. down and got ridden and out. got ridden out and it and got gave lost, a bunch of stall calls and he, they lost, lost in overtime. Sudden, he lost a sudden victory. Yeah, yeah, eight to six. So, so that's another one. I mean, he's he. But what he's shown is, though, Ben, is he comes back. And I think that DeSanto learns from those mental lapses. But does he have the ability to go through an entire tournament, like a big-time tournament, without a mental lapse? That's the question. He hasn't done it yet. Without one? This is what I'll tell you. He didn't have a mental lapse at last year's NCAAs. All right? His, his losses last year was a 7-6 to six loss to Luke Pletcher and a 3-2 to two loss to Micic. He didn't have mental lapses. Yeah, those are battles. Those, those are battles. battles. So, no. So he can. He can, and he's shown that he can hang with anyone in the country, beat anyone in the country. He's the only guy that has wins over a few certain people. Name me another guy that has wins over Gross, Suriano, and who's the other dude he beat? Oh. Well, I mean, he beat. Michic. Michic. Yeah, Mi- Gross, Suriano, Michic. Did he beat Michic? Oh, yeah, yeah he did. Keen. So name me Holy another guy. Is That's what I'm saying. So he's got the goods. He's nuts. RBY. He's nuts. It's going to be a battle. <laughs> oh, baby. What do you think about that top side, though? Gross versus Piotrowski. I'm, I'm joking. Okay, you Gross versus Rivera. Um, I think I think Gross is going to win that match. Ooh, I, I think he's going to win that match. Oh, I disagree. Okay. Oh, I disagree. And that's fine. You know, I, I I would hope that you would disagree, so that way this podcast doesn't get any more boring than what it is. Um, but. I think Gross is going to win that match. Um, they wrestled this year. They did. It was close. Gross pulled a six-point lat drop out of his ass to win. And not only that, there was some, there was some, there was some fickle refing at the end where I'm not sure I was completely thinking it was above board. Not saying that Gross isn't. Gross is what he won an NCAA title over Stefan Meechik. Okay, sure. and he made the finals the year before that and lost to uh, Corey Clark. Guy is the most proven guy in the weight class, bar none. But I tell you what, when Rivera's firing on all cylinders, you know what he does? He beats guys like Spencer Lee twice. He didn't just beat Spencer Lee at Midlands last year. He beat him at the damn Big Ten again. Spencer Lee doesn't have a Big Ten title because of Sebastian Rivera. This guy is he's, – he's every bit as athletic as anybody else in this weight class – and he, you want to talk about people living on people's legs. In the first match, Rivera was living on Gross's legs. Now a lot of people can do that. Mm-hmm. But he was able to finish him. Without that six-bagger, he wins. He's, now, the health, is a, health is a discussion. I, I think those are all great points, Ben. Look, um, I think the one thing that we have to remember about Seth Gross is that, to me, Seth Gross is a gamer. We saw what he did to Bill Farrell. We saw what he did. Um, you know, 133 pounds, not last year, but the year before when he was basically undefeated at the weight. His only loss was when he bumped up to 141, uh, lost by one point to Meredith there. That was awesome. Um, you know, he, he's a gamer. He dominated Bill Farrell. Um, and, and, you know, you and I, we were you know, talking off the mic recently. You know, Seth Gross, he can score in so many different positions. He's funky. Um, the thing that he has to do is just he's got to avoid being taken down three times in this match by Rivera. And Rivera definitely has the skills to do it. But look, when the money's on the line, 
who do you think's a safe pick here, man? Right. That, that's the thing. Who, who do you think's a safe pick? It, to me, is there a safe pick in this way? In this match is what I'm talking about. If you had to bet on this match, and I am a huge Sebastian Rivera fan. We talked him up his red shirt year. We I said think that I'm betting he's going to be Rivera. great. I'm going to take Gross. I if, love if it. The money's on the line. I love it. The thing. I love it. Let's do a Chipotle bet. And, and the reason why? The reason why? Have we ever seen Rivera win a national title? We didn't. No. What did he finish last year at 125? I think he finished third. He lost to Mueller in the, the semis. D- did he finish third? Yeah. I mean, uh, I, I don't know. You don't have to check that. I mean, I, I don't know either. I mean, it's. It, I guess it's it's easy for us to check here. Um, this is such bad podcasting. But when, when do we see Rivera get on top and work a guy on top? You know, when do we see Rivera ride a guy out took third to win the match? Okay. Six year before. So, so he took so he took third last he, year. He rode Spencer Lee when he needed to. He absolutely did. I'm telling you, Sebastian Rivera is, uh, is underrated in his his, his bottom and top wrestling. Okay, yeah, so, he's great. So who do you feet. trust to score more in all three positions? I'm telling you, I'm taking Sebastian Rivera. All right, all I think I that, like it. I think that Seth Gross is going to have trouble taking him down, and I think Sebastian Rivera is going to be able to take him. Okay, down. you know what? I would be happy if that happens because I am a huge Sebastian Rivera fan. We both are, and I don't think Gross can ride him. Gross might be able to like put you know some ride on him, but I think that eventually Sebastian Rivera is going to be able to get out. He got out on Lee. I mean, hell, man, he got out on Lee, baby. He did. No, you're right. I don't know what else you want me to say. Right. There, I, I love Sebastian Rivera, Seabass, all day. I don't want you to say anything else. I, all great points. I love him too. But give me, give me Gross to win that match. All right, I'll take Gross. All right. Well, then who you got winning this damn weight? Hot dog. You got Gross or DeSanto, and I got Rivera or DeSanto. I think Gross wins this. I think Gross wins the Big Ten title. Shit. So no. DeSanto and Gross are what one and one, one, and one. against each other. Gross, DeSanto beat him in Carver, which yeah. that's a little bit of a, and not to be a dick, but I mean when they handicap took him down three times. Yeah, when they handicap football games and all that stuff, they do play home oh, field yeah. into it. Oh, of course. So, but but it wasn't like he he, he squeaked out a, a you know a, oh, a three no. to two win. He, he beat him up, but on a neutral field that he lost. He did. close. It was close. DeSanto did right. Get, so, I, I'm picking Gross to win this weight class. Um, yeah, I'll just keep I'm, it at that I'm going right Rivera. now. Right on, I like it. I'm going Rivera to beat DeSanto. I'm going Rivera to live on everybody's legs for the next two weeks and win the freaking NCAA tournament. Now, I will tell you this. The match, and we've talked about this before, before that would be fun to watch, Rivera and RBY. I know I don't have it happening. I want it to. Oh, it'd be such a match. It probably will. Like, they would just live on each other's legs. It'd, just, it'd be like scrambled legs it'd the entire scrambled match. Scrambled legs, baby, and... I don't know if I like – I might like RBY in that match. I don't know. I don't Use know. A, I swear to God, I'm going to start calling you swashbuckle. Use a wishy-washy motherfucker. I don't know. Yeah. Why well, have Gross taken third beating RBY and RBY taking fourth? That's what, got, that's, that's what I have. You got DeSanto. I got DeSanto second. Oh, okay. All right, all right. Yeah, all I right, got DeSanto so, beating RBY. All right, so now that we basically just spent a crap ton of time talking about 133, let's go to 141, man. Uh, I'll tell you this right now. It is a deep weight class, talent-wise and accolade-wise, but I think it's a two-man race yeah. to win this class. So they're bringing eight. The Big Ten gets eight. I mean, I think they're going to have 14 guys there compete. Yeah, No, they're getting, they're getting eight qualifiers <laughs> to the NCAA tournament, so, so more than half. Um, the tequila. I like that, and I think that, I think that you're exactly right. I think that there's, there's a lot of really – I mean, I'm talking probably I – mean, we're talking five deep, six deep in this weight class of, of really excellent guys – they can make the NCAA podium. 
but I think when you know when push comes to shove, Brandon, I think it's probably Pletcher and Lee, and it's and it's been shown, not without a little bit of test though from each of them. Both of them are going to be tickled a little bit before they get to the finals. But the guys that you assumingly think they're that are going to do the tickling. Did they ever come close to tickling anything <laughs> other than a loss when they met up with them during the regular season? No. Now, exactly. Now, here's the thing. Actually, that's not true. Moran did beat Lee last year. I said this year, Ben. This year. Has Pletcher and Lee been close to being touched by anybody in this weight class at this tournament this year? They haven't. Ain't even close. They, exactly. Not in this tournament. Exactly. Pletcher's been, had one close match. And that was Real two, Woods. Excuse me. And Don Demas. And Don Demas. And then he got beat by Nick Lee. The point I'm making is, is that's the thing about this weight class. You've got one, two, three, four, four All-Americans in this weight class. I love it. And it is so deep. These guys are so good, but the top two guys are head and, shoulder, uh, head and shoulders above each other. Um, and I can't wait. I want to see Nick Lee, Luke Pletcher three times this year. And to me, I'm, that's your finals right there. It, it absolutely is, but 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 because Chad Redhead don't show up till March like about March twentieth is when he shows up. We we humor me on a couple matches in the um in 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 the second round. I swear to God, if you ask me what I think Eddie no. Bolivia is going to do, I'm going to be so mad. Moran Red, Muran McKee. Who Moran. do you like in both of those? Okay, so Moran Red, Muran McKee, and, and, let, and, McKee. and let me give you a little bit of history while you're percolating over that. Last time Moran and Red wrestled this year, I know, and uh, Moran won nine to four, mm-hmm. and it was dominating. Mm-hmm. Muran McKee wrestled; they wrestled four times, or excuse me, three times, only once this year. The year, the one time they wrestled this year, Muran won. McKee's two and zero against them last year, mm-hmm. I believe. I've got Red flipping the Moran match, which is crazy nine to four loss and winning, and I've actually got McKee flipping the dual meet. Match against Murin and winning. I think when you get into those guys, Ben, when you start getting into that type of stuff, it, it is they're so even. It's going to be hard to. It's going to be hard to really point to us definitively say somebody's going to win. But this is what I'll tell you about Chad Red. Look, Chad Red in his what. Two years. This yep. is his third year. This will be his third Big Ten tournament. Chad Red has had questionable losses throughout the bi- throughout the regular season. He's got three losses at the Big Ten tournament, right? Is it four? Four losses? I don't have it pulled up. I'm sorry. No, it's okay. Um, what what did he take last year at, at Big Tens? Second. He took second. That's what I'm saying. Oh yeah, he had the draw of a second century. or third. You know, he took second. He had the draw of the century. Yeah, because McKenna beat him in the finals. Right. But, but, but that's the point I'm saying. Chad, he was opposite. He was on. Remember, Mikey Carr got the one seed. Yeah, he beat Mike Carr. Yeah, he, and Mikey he beat Carr, in his store. Mikey Carr got the freaking one seed, and Lee and uh, McKenna were two three. It, yes, but the point I'm making about Chad Red is, once postseason comes on, we see a different version of Chad Red. He's got three losses at the Big Ten tournament in two years. Okay, lost last That's year not in the finals a lot, to Joey, McKe- Joey McKenna uh, the year before as a freshman. Um, lost to Vince Turk. And Nate Limix, all right? Vince Those are head scratchers. But that's his freshman year. True freshman year. Or not true freshman year. His freshman year. Still goes out in All-Americans. So, 
I like Chad Red to rise to the occasion. You like him beating Moran? I do too. Moran, yes, I yeah. do. Moran, because yeah, Mo- Moran. We got to make that yeah. clear. Moran, Tristan from Wisconsin. Now Moran because- whooped him up earlier, though. What about Muran McKee, though? Do you? That, that's so, going to be a, that. That right there is that was be over. A match. Yeah, that was overtime at the duel. So yeah. the reason I'm, Muran looked awesome in that match. Muran was able to solve the riddle that was Mitch McKee in that match. Didn't get chest wrapped at the end. Stayed tough, stayed tight, and was able to finish a couple different shots on him. One being like this kind of double, like where he ended up in a single and bars the guard to cross. It was just, it made me, it made me a Muran fan even more than I already was. I'm taking McKee here. I don't know why. I guess the fact that McKee does have a little history of, of wins over him, but that is the biggest toss up of all of them. And I'd actually prefer that Muran to win because I want to see what a Muran Putcher match would look like. A mirror and Pletcher match? Yeah, the winner of that faces Pletcher in the semis. According to your bracket, yeah, I mean, um, I, I don't think it's going to be close. Um, I think uh, we can't let one loss up by Nick Lee to forget how dominant Luke Pletcher's been. He's piss-pounded Mitch McKee this year. You know, everybody else. Um, well, who you got in the finals? Or who you got winning this thing? I'm going to go ahead. I'm, I'm going to get on the Muran train, Max Muran train for this match. Oh, versus McKee. Versus McKee. Yeah. That's what you asked me. Um, and I think it's going to be a great match. All three of their matches have been extremely close. And if you said it best, you said he kind of solved that riddle, that problem with Mitch McKee. He did. And I think once you figure out how to do that against a guy like Mitch McKee, who's not a wrestler. traditional style wrestler... That bodes well to you. It's like once, it's like guy. The more you wrestle Dom Demas, the better your odds become. You know what I mean? Until you end up on your back, but yeah, yeah you get no, the point. I get your I'm, point. You get the Absolutely. point I'm making. All right. Um, so I'm gonna go ahead and take Muran in this, and I'm really shocked that you took McKee because you have been swinging on Muran's ball sack all year long I until know. I just traded for him on my fantasy team. It has nothing to do with fantasy, and I even thought about that after I picked McKee. I said, I hope Brandon doesn't think that. It's just. Call it a gut feeling, man. And that's fine. It's a, it's such a damn toss-up. It really is. Look, when you take guys like Muren, Chad Red, Tristan Moran, and Mitch McKee, any one of those guys, you put them in a round-robin match, they're all going to win, they're all going to lose. Nobody's going to go undefeated. No, not at all. And, and that's what's going to make it fun. But I still do think it's Lee and Pletcher, and that's what the question is, my man. That is the million-dollar question. I pick Pletcher to flip it, and not because I'm a homer. But because I think that Ohio State saw enough in their original match. Now, I think that Pletcher's got to be ready for a war. I mean, I hate to use that term, but he, he's got to be ready for— We can use that term. Yeah. It's Look, just we're going to use that term. Okay. He's going he's to be ready for it because Lee pace is just overwhelming to almost everybody. Pletcher's got to be able to finish that second takedown. He's going to get one. He's got to be able to finish two, and he's got to be able to get out on him. But I think that— He's going to be less apprehensive with his reattacks this time and his go-behinds. That he was so apprehensive the first time they wrestled. I think this time he's going to let it fly a little more, and I like him to win. I'm not saying he's going to win the NCAA tournament, but I like him to beat Lee. We, we forget because the last match we saw him wrestle was against Lee, and he lost. Pletcher's been so dominant this year. He finishes every time he gets to a leg. When you say we, please don't include me in that, all right? I, for one, I agree with you. I'm gonna go with I'm gonna go with Pletcher in this match. Yeah, baby. Okay. Even, even the look, Nick Lee looked phenomenal that last match. Two, Pletcher has shown 
that he can get out from Nick Lee. He took down, got out in a second. All right, he got out <laughs> literally, in, one, in literally second. one second. All right, and this is where I think they're going to make the tweaks. One, he's not going to let Nick Lee get the armbar this this time if he's on top of him. Two, he's going to solve the riddle of that figure fouring the leg, which is a complete and utter bullshit ride. And three, I agree wholeheartedly with you. He's going to be more aggressive in his reattacks, counter shots, and short offense. And, and, I don't think, he, look, they've already wrestled. He's already lost, okay? He, he's not going to be as amped up for this. It's not at Penn State. It's in New Jersey. Right. Give me Pletcher. You got an idea who you, you like for three here? You like Muirin? It really all depends on how the brackets play out, but um, I I would not be surprised if Chad Red. I, I think I think your three and four is probably tr- it's possible. Any any way is possible, depending on how you pick it. it Chad Red, Max Muren, Mitch McKee. Look, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna pick Chad Red, depending on how the brackets fall out. I, I got McKee third, Red fourth. I actually got Muren taking fifth, which uh, we'll see. I mean, Muren could end up easily taking. Third. Damn, I can't wait to see what you got him in NCAA's. <laughs> how much you said they shouldn't pull Jay Diamond? They got Max Muren. Hey, got to take a fifth of the Big Tens. Shut up. I hate you. 149, though. Interesting that it's got 10 qualifiers. Dude, this, I'm sorry. Can we not spend too much time talking about this? I think this way it's boring. Oh, I, I, I like... I Here like, we go. I disagree. I, I like... No, hold on. I think that the finals are, are worthy of talking about. Yeah, please. Talk to me about Musa Joda. Who is Alex Papadopoulos? All right. Hirosopoulos. Here's the thing, though. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I love you, Alex. I, I do think that there's there, there's some worthy matches here. You know, I'm not going to dive into the Vince Turk versus Yaya Thomas first round match. I think it's interesting. I don't think it's we need to we need to dive into that. What I do. Well, think, first of all, Vince Turk isn't going to wrestle. Not Pat Lugo's wrestling for Iowa, uh, so Jared, please don't dive in. Sorry, that. Jared Verclair. Okay, let's not dive in. I wrote down Verk. Let's just talk uh, about the top four guys. Let's go there right now. We got well, top I'm trying four guys. To. I'm going there. Sasso Store semi. Sasso Store. All right. I, the Sasso teched him earlier this year. I think it's going to be a much closer match, but give me Sasso in the semis there. Lee I, Luke, go ahead. No, no, and I agree with you, and the reason why I agree with you is because historically when you watch Kane and Store wrestle, he struggles against unorthodox guys. All right, He really does. If you've paid attention to him wrestling matches, I think he struggles to, against, to get those wins against guys that are unorthodox, and Sammy Sasso is unorthodox. Sure. But yeah, but I'm gonna take Sass over Store. I do think it's gonna be close. But then you got Lee Lugo. That was a battle in the the the, the duel meet. Lugo ended up getting the one takedown he needed early, and ended up sealing the deal. I like the way Lugo's wrestling. I'm gonna take Lugo over Brayton Lee, and I'm actually contemplating taking Lugo over Sasso. I mean, but let me hear you about Lugo Lee. No, go ahead. You don't have to contemplate it. Um, Lugo and Brayton Lee. Oh man, that's that's gonna be something because that match was so great. And Brayton Lee, Brayton Lee's gonna be a he, he's gonna be a great wrestler when it's yeah. all said and done. Yeah, he's up and he, down, but he's a true fr- a redshirt freshman. He's a he's a redshirt freshman with four losses on the year. When you look at his losses, it is to Lugo Sasso and Blue um, Wallen, and the last one would be the the head scratcher was Zamua Batista, six to one. I don't know what happened there. 
I, honestly, I don't. I don't even know who Zamua Batista is. <laughs> I, honestly, I think this. <laughs> I think they leave blacked out. No, honestly, I think WrestleStat is lying. I, I don't even think that's a that's a guy. That's, yeah, that's a real guy. I'm pretty sure WrestleStat missed that. One. All right, because he's like literally right after Matthew Swanson, who's probably related to Ron Swanson. So I think it's a joke. They got us. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. I like it. Um, but Lou Lee's that's a legit question. It is a legit question, Ben, and this is what I'm going to tell you. <sighs> Give me Brayton Lee to win that match. Ooh, you like him to figure out that head hands from Lugo. Give me that was Lee the to win biggest. That, match. that was the biggest thing that he wasn't able to do. And I know we talk head hands, and it was that's a Jim Gibbons thing, but it's a legit, it's a legit thing. And that was the thing that Sasso said he had the biggest trouble with with wrestling Lugo. He said that he did not feel comfortable shooting on him because Lugo was such a shit brick house. And I think that Lee is going to shoot more, obviously, than Sasso does, but Lugo. He's tougher to take down than the average bear. I I, I can see Brayton Lee beating him, but I, I'm not going to pick it, but I can see it. And that's fine. I think for me, and look, I, it's time for me now to give Lugo all the credit in the world. The guy has had his best season he's had in all five years of college wrestling. Um, this year, he— Most consistent, right? He's been very consistent, 18-1. and one. But the thing I always struggle with Lugo— I think he struggles in the real big matches. The only time he's ever won the real big match was last year in the round of 12, and then he took eighth. Yeah. Okay? And when you look at last year, uh, who he beat in the round of 12, I think, if I'm not mistaken, I think... I can't remember who was it. He took eighth. Who did he beat in the round of 12? Was it Bergie? He beat Bergie in the round of 12. That's right. No, Bergie made the, 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 the R16. Bergie made the 16, so after that, who did he lose? Was it Jared Deegan? No, because Jared Deegan took 7th. He lost to him for 7th and 8th. Was it Was it Mitch Feinsilver? No, Feinsilver All-American. Yeah. Oh, no, you're, you're right. Was it Bleece or Maruka? I have no clue, man. Who in the hell? Was it Tommy Thorne? Did he beat in the... Round of twelve. It was Tommy Thorne. Yeah, it was Tommy Thorne, and up in the one of the most inconsistent wrestlers of all time, Tommy Thorne. That's the only time that he's really won that big match. And Brayton Lee, look, he's made the junior world team over Sammy Sasso. He's won big matches. Give me him to win that match. That's interesting. So, do you think that the then then now you have to make the we both got to make the decision of who wins the damn weight. I'm taking Brayton Lee. You're taking Lee to flip the match and basically make it look more like the Cliff Keen match when he lived on Sammy Sasso's legs but was actually able to finish. Yes, because when it comes to Brayton Lee and Sammy Sasso, um, and I'm sorry, I'm trying to get to my notes here. Um, was that at the Cliff Keen? Yeah, uh, Lee beat Sasso in the finals of the Cliff Keen. It was a two-point win, but it was pretty dominant. Um, I think he took him down a couple times. But oh, at the duel, hold, Sasso took Lee look, took Lee down at the end of the match to win it. Yeah, I know how how that turned out. So uh, Sasso obviously won that match at the end. Um, but even though the score of the Cliff Keen match it was six to four for a win for Brayton Lee, it, it wasn't it, close. It, it wasn't close. And when you look at the other times that Brayton Lee has beaten Sammy Sasso, they haven't been very close, even to make that junior world team. Sure. Okay. So that's why I think that. 
for me, it's just like when Sammy Sasso wrestled Pat Lugo, okay, and got the win. Everything has to break in Sasso's favor to That's win the, the match. That's the thing that scares me the most okay? about every one of his matches. Exactly. Where Brayton Lee, all right, Sasso got him, but Brayton Lee's also shown that he can dominate him. Sasso has more ways to score points than Sasso. Or, excuse me, Brayton he has Lee. more points. Than- Brayton Lee can score more off creating his own right. scoring, and that's why I'm going to take Brayton Lee to win this weight. That, and that's, I think exactly what you just said is exactly what scares me about Sammy Sasso moving into the Big Ten in the NCAA tournament, is that every time you see him win a big match, you see him do it in, in a fashion that you're like, man, is that even repeatable? Like, can you win that match again in that same way? And... He he doesn't create a lot of offense. I think he wants to, but I think it, you know it, at this point in his young career, we we got to remember that he's also very young as well, just like Brayton Lee. They're the same age. Um, that he's going to have those times where he doesn't look his best, but he's been able to even when he doesn't look his best win most of them. So you know what? Give me Sammy Sasso to win it. Okay. I had Lugo penciled in to win it, but give me Sammy Sasso to somehow. Score off one of his own attacks. Oh, wash, swashbuckle. I picked Watson, it. but you know, here's the thing. I also sometimes remind myself about Sammy Sasso. We constantly say that he he has less ways to score, doesn't create his own attacks. Now, granted, he showed he could get the takedown against Verclaren in overtime in the dual match, but who's to say that he's not trying to create his own attacks by putting himself. In those danger situations, well, off the, off his other opponent's shot, maybe that's his style. I don't know. That's a conversation for a different day. I like Brayton Lee to come out on top. Give me Sasso. I do think Ben. Last thing on one forty nine before we move up to one fifty seven. This weight class, this tournament, is going to be so important for seeding at nationals because if Lugo wins this weight class, he'll be eighteen and one with his only loss. To Sasso, he's already got a win over Austin O'Connor. He would be the one seed, in my opinion, okay? Yeah. If if Brayton Lee wins this weight class, and you're looking at a guy like Austin O'Connor who wins his weight class, you're probably looking at Austin O'Connor being the one seed, unless they give Matt Kolodzik credit off of past accomplishments and winning his uh, EIWA. He's, he's 10-0 right now, so essentially he could be like 13, 14-0. I think it might be hard to get Kolodzik as the one, he but I do think that he's definitely going to be seated high. Like they're not going to want to mess around. He with should that. be. You you don't want to seat a guy like Kalazic they don't want to mess at like that. You know, uh, six seven f- five six seven or eight right. or anything like that. But Sasso, yeah. if he wins it, it, will be the one. If Sasso wins it, that's where it gets interesting. He should be the one because O'Connor has O'Connor, a bad loss. O'Connor's only loss is to Lugo, and it was oh, close at mid. Thought he lost another one. No, he's he's got one loss, and it was to and it was to Lugo. So it's gonna get tricky. Mm. It's gonna it's gonna get real Why tricky. Do you think O'Connor had a bad loss. I mean, I, I don't no, know. No, that, I, I might I, be wrong. Am that, I wrong here? No, he's eighteen. Twenty three and one is no. That's that's, that's, Lugo, that's, eight um, four that's, that's my that's my fault. Yeah. I mean, he's got some he's got some bad wins. I mean, he pinned Dallas Ballsack in four minutes. That's could, shouldn't have taken that long. I don't know. <laughs> it should not have taken that long to pin that. Ballsack. I don't know. But anyway, the point I'm making is is between Lugo and Sasso. Not so much Brayton Lee because he's got the four losses. There's a lot riding on this this title at at this weight class because Absolutely. if it's Lugo and Sasso, those are your one seeds at nationals. If they don't, if Brayton Lee, you're looking at Austin O'Connell, Austin O'Connor, right. and that's when you start was, messing some seeds. It was Boo that had a bad loss. Boo, Boo yeah, Boo just had a bad loss. That I was believe. the one I was thinking of. Who, and who did he lose to? Why don't you check that out? Because I I do think that. 
Yeah, he 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 just lost. Well, Pat Lugo penned him, and his other loss. But no, Boo does not have a bad loss. Really, it, it looked bad because Pat Lugo penned him in the duel. His other loss Chucked was him. a sudden victory loss to Brock Mahler, Mahler. who was also twenty four and one. Jesus, this weight is going to be insane to seed. So, not just to be on the one seed. This weight is going to be insane to seed top eight. So here's here's the thing. Kolodzik is, is a really interesting wrinkle. This is what I want to ask you, though. Okay. Let's say Brayton Lee does win this weight. Then you got an Austin O'Connor wins the ACC's. Hold on. Brock Mahler wins the the Mac and Mahler's only lost this year Mahler's six in the to Big five. To Jens- in the Big I'm sorry, Big Twelve. Let's say Brock Mahler wins the Big Twelve. His only loss this year is a bad loss to Jerron Jensen from Missouri, but he's got he's got wins over Bula Wallen and he Wait, have no, to he be- is in the Mac. Nope. Mahler's yeah, yes. a Missouri guy. I'm sorry, yeah. yes, he's Missouri. You, I'm stop throwing me out. Off. So I apologize. Mahler's only loss this year, though, is a bad loss to Jerron Jensen. Let's say he wins the MAC. O'Connor wins the ACCs. They're both coming in with one loss. O'Connor's is to Lugo. Mahler's is the worst. Mahler's loss, is though. to Jensen. But look who uh, who Mahler's beaten: Maruka, Bulu Wallen, uh, Max Thompson. Um, Man, everybody beaten Max Thompson this year. This is a nightmare. Let's I'm just talk, it's gonna it's gonna talk. get crazy. I, 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 yeah, I'm sorry. I, I don't know. You're right because I don't even think that we can even we can we can't even digest it without knowing. The point I'm results. saying is that there's a lot of national seeding implications just on this one tournament. Yeah, look, there's. I think I think if two people win this, then they're then they're the one seed, Lugo and Sasso. I would agree with that 100. percent I don't think that Brayton Lee can put Brayton Lee can't push to the one seed. He can't. But if he wins it, it really screws Lugo and Sasso. Because then now they're looking at maybe four or five. Well, see, here's the thing. Now they're looking at four if or five. Brayton Lee wins this. All right, Brayton Lee wins this. Now you're looking at one loss, O'Connor. Yeah. One loss, Mahler. Kolodzik. Undefeated Kolodzik. That's what and I'm then saying. You still have Sasso, and you still have Lugo. That's what I'm saying. Four or five. Oh, it's gonna get nasty. And Lee, I mean, who knows? It's gonna get nasty. I, I, maybe just for for our own personal edification, we need Sasso or Lugo to win this, so we don't have to do these mental gymnastics. Oh, and, and how are we just you know gonna just throw Bula Wall into the win with his two losses? Who I st- still right? was my pick to win it all. <laughs> that's, that's what I'm I mean. saying. It's gonna be crazy. This weight class is much better once you talk about it than than than. Than what you think? Oh, it's so much better when you don't have Zane Rutherford in it. Yeah, so much. A lot better. more people can win it. <laughs> One fifty-seven, my man. I think you got a guy here who's kind of separated himself from the pack. And um, uh, Ryan Deacon, he's he's eighteen and zero this year, just dominating wins throughout. I mean, he's had a, two close matches, but other than that, he's beat the hell out of Kendall Coleman. He dominated um, Hayden Hydley, dominated David Carr. I mean, he's beaten all comers, and not only that, but he's put it on some of the best. You're right. Look, and even the most impressive thing to me that I've seen, look, he just won 3-2 to two against, I, I think it was Ruffin um, of SIUE. Okay. He was my sleeper earlier this year. Okay, kudos to you. I'll give you credit for that. Um, but other than that, let's let's look at who, he, who, he's, who he's beaten. Baroni. All right, Brony's tough. All right, and, and and it was a dominating win. It was four to one. I'm yeah. sorry, it was a pen. Uh, you look at Willa Wallen, shut him down. Uh, Kendall Coleman beat the piss out of him. Hayden Heidlet scores six to two, but he dominated that. No, it was one of the most dominating six to twos I've seen in a minute. He gave David Carr his only loss on the year, and it was dominating. Beats a Jacory Teamer, who is a guy who I don't. I think he struggles going the entire match, and he struggled with injuries, but he's shown 
That if he gets hot, he's a he name. Show flashes. He's a big time name, dude. Oh, so you're saying he's not that good? No, I'm saying that he's really good. Right. Okay. Like, we, like I'm saying, people know who he is. Like we don't got to we don't got to defend Corey Teamer. Okay. He's good. Ryan Deacon is he's made jumps this year, which is so impressive when you look at a guy who went out, took a junior silver medal a few years ago. His redshirt freshman year, round of 16, a little disappointing at the Nationals Big last year. But he was he down fin- at 49. Right, down at 49. Last year, took sixth. And the only reason he did that was because Caleb Young showed up, gave him two losses at Nationals when Deacon had owned him this, that season before that. Caleb Young had a hell of a tournament. 100%. So, didn't, and didn't Deacon this, this offseason beat James Green at the Open? I mean, yeah. Didn't, he, did, yeah. did Deacon wrestle at Final X? Yeah, no, I don't know about that. No, no, he didn't. But um, he beat he beat James Green after James Green just beat Nolf. So who wrestled James Dean at Final X? The James James Dean. <laughs> James <laughs> that's sausage. <laughs> James Dean's also an actor. No, that's oh fuck, it is Jimmy Dean's sausage. Yeah. Oh god damn it. Um, I I don't recall that. Now, now we're. I'm talking now, about the old James Dean, not the. <laughs> yeah. I don't want to go into that show hole, but um. We, let's just say that Ryan Deacon has shown the ability to jump levels between his sophomore and junior year. And, and this weight class is not without some excitement, but, but I do think that it, it, Ryan Deacon is going to dominate. I think, I think the more exciting matches, to be honest with you, Brandon, I, and I'm happy to have this conversation with you if you want to talk about Deacon, Luan, in the semis. Um, I don't think there's really a but, need to. But I think there's some really cool matches in the second round. Um, and I think one's Caleb Young versus Peyton Robb, and the other one's Kendall Coleman from Purdue versus Tucker from Michigan State. Both of those matches are going to be interesting. I got Coleman and Young pulling through, but then I have Rob making a huge run to third place. I have him beating. I have him beating Coleman actually to end up third place. Coleman taking fourth. Coleman's one of those guys. He was a freshman this year along with Rob, who's had a kind of a coming out party. Um, cooled off maybe a little bit as of late, only because I think that he hasn't quite had the opportunities. Very good wrestler. Young is 2-0 and over Coleman. I have them wrestling in the semis. But last time they wrestled, I believe, and I'm not even looking this up, I think it was overtime. Young is susceptible here. You're talking about Young and Coleman? Yeah. Young yeah. is susceptible here. Yeah. Young will always be vulnerable when he chooses not to get on his attacks. That was his problem last year. All right, He wasn't as aggressive in creating his own offense Coach Brands was very vocal about that. And then what happens? He does it at Biggs, all right? He does it at NCAAs, and he goes out there and gets the All-American NCAAs. Um, Just to go back, I do want to make one comment on the Ryan Deacon thing. Um, Ryan Deacon lost to James Green at Final X, but he beat him at the U.S. Open. That's impressive. Yeah. That's impressive. Right. Um, That's right. Yeah, he beat him at the Open, lost. He did wrestle Final X. Good good point. Um, And now, I mean, the match only lasted 18 seconds, but still, at the U.S. Open, he beat James Green. Um, There's a couple of things that interest me in this weight class. One, a guy that doesn't get a lot of, he doesn't get a lot of credit, not a lot of people are talking about him, is Ryan Thomas from Minnesota. Yeah. Okay. Um, Ryan Thomas from Minnesota, he's actually a local guy here, wrestled for St. Paris Graham, for, uh, for Jeff Jordan. Um, he's quietly put together a pretty good season as the season has continued to go on. And I think he's a guy that can make some noise. He's 11 and eight. I get that. He's tough to wrestle. Not a great record, a record, but 
he wrestles guys. He right. He can he can keep it really close with good guys. And once he turn figures out how to how to win that match, how to score the needed points in those close matches, he's gonna be he's gonna be a force to reckon with. So he could be an upset type potential, you know, guy. The other interesting story I think in this is just from our perspective, being in Ohio, is Ohio State going with Elijah Cleary rather than Quinn Kenner. Um, Cleary and Kenner met up at the Matt Town Open. Cleary beat him four to two. You know, it's an official match right yep. there, and I get it. I get that. I, I I understand all that about wrestling, but to me, who gives you the best chance to actually score points, Ben? And I I think that's a valid and legitimate question. Who gives you the best chance to score points? So I, I look at it a little bit differently than you, but I will answer your question. I think that I think that Kenner probably gives you the best chance to score points, although I think that the points would be minimal. Okay, I think that it would be they're only taking six at 157 pounds. So what I think that they're thinking is clear has a better shot at um, a wild card uh, berth because I, I, I don't see there's no there's no way in my mind that, that Kenner even places top six here and he won't be eligible. I, I don't think that he would get a, a bid, a wild card bid. So I don't think that any one of them really scores you points. I think what it benefits is you put a guy like Kenner in there who's part of the future to give him some reps at a big-time tournament. I think that makes more sense to me. I don't see either one of them placing in the top six, and I don't see either one of them getting a, a, a wild card. So I don't. We're not. Ohio State's not going to see a 157-pound entry at the NCAA tournament again. I shouldn't say again, but, I mean, that's a weight class they've had trouble filling. I mean, everything you said I agree with. I think you, you and I do look at it from the same way from the fact that if Kenner is the future, it makes sense to put him in there. But what I'm getting at is, aside from the fact that Cleary beats him 4-2, to two, his teammate, who gives you the best shot to possibly pull some upsets, win some matches, and qualify? That's what I'm talking about. Well, Will Luan is the, what, four seed? And Kenner, or Cleary beat him last year. Okay. So maybe, I don't know, maybe that... He beat look, him last year when Luan was in red shirt. I know, there's a lot of different things they can look at. I, I think that either way... I think that I think this debate is tough because it, it, it's hard for me to get... But I'm not trying to debate. I'm just asking you, like, just your opinion on... It's just a simple answer, like, just your opinion on... And, and, and I'm actually a little surprised at your reaction right now because we've had this conversation before. And I know. You, and you were head and shoulders above... Head and shoulders all for Kenner. Right, okay, before so, I realized they were only getting six. If they're only getting six, it's real hard to sneak into that top six in this weight. But again, I'm going to ask the question. Who gives you the best shot to win some unexpected matches, maybe pull an upset, and qualify? Oh, that's Kenner. For sure. Which strikes me as very odd. Does, does Cleary even have a – did he earn an automatic bid? No. No. Absolutely not. So – you got a guy like Cleary. What's it, Cleary's what? the 11th seed. They're only taking six. Yeah, Cleary's the 11th seed. And, and what's his record? Um, like, what, 17-11, something like that? I don't know. But I'm assuming it's winning, but not great. Okay, so his record is 13-10. and 10. Elijah Cleary is 13-10, and 10, okay? 17-10, um, and 10, I'm sorry. 17-10. and 10. I just don't... He, I just don't get this one. This what. This totally went against everything I thought, and I hope he proves us wrong. I still thought Kenner gave us the best chance. Maybe they just thought that, you know, the article said it was his work ethic and everything he'd done. All right, fair enough. I also think having a guy cut down to 133 pounds 
couldn't hold the weight and then bouncing, bumping up four right, weights, doing everything, for the doing everything he can. You send him out. He gets the win against Penn State. Um, I think that weighs into it too. So do you, maybe maybe all the maybe maybe all the stock it that this was the Matt Town Open. Match, right? Maybe that's what it was. Maybe and you know what? And sometimes that's fair. And sometimes that's fair when a coach looks and says, "Look, this weight class is too even. They're even. Yeah, they're even. And this is the weight class that we're not expecting a lot of points from, anyways. Why not give it to the guy that is uh, a little more seasoned and won the match? Well, congrats to Cleary. I hope you uh, can can make some noise. I, I I totally did not expect this one, but all right, one sixty five. Well, I hold on, I, hold on. All right, sorry, but all no, right, you got. De- I got Deacon and Young in the finals. I do think that Coleman has a shot. I mean, do we see any theatrics that Young did at the NCAA tournament last year? Do you think that, that can carry over? Young did beat Deacon twice at the NCAA tournament. So, all right, so yeah, Young beat him twice at the NCAA tournament. Um, I think you and they were well, well earned wins. I mean, uh, he beat him eight to six sudden victory. He also beat him seven to five sudden victory. Okay, so he earned those wins, two close wins and sudden victory. Prior to that, though, Deacon had beaten him six to two um, in, in their match earlier in the season. I think here's the thing: Caleb Young is is a, is a fantastic wrestler with lots of talent. You just don't know which one you're going to show up. He's another guy where I feel like everything has to fall his way to win this match. Ryan Deacon has taken jumps, all right? Ryan G- Deacon dominated Hayden Hidley. He, de- he basically dominated all comers. Um, does does Young have a chance? Absolutely. Everybody's got a chance at that level. Do I expect him to win? No, I'm picking Deacon. I, I'm picking Deacon to win this weight class in total. Oh, yeah. Me too. Me too. I just, you know, I thought it was, I, 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 did, I thought it was fair to ask since Young did, does have a couple wins over him. But 65... That's where there's some real heavy hitters, and and it and it might not surprise you, and, and I'm giving away my my uh, my my pick here is that I went chalk one through eight, one sixty five is getting eight qualifiers. This is the only weight class I literally went chalk one through eight. The one through eight seeds are how I have them, and not in, in in that exact order, which means that I have Joseph over Marinelli again. All right, I'm <laughs> again I. Th- I don't think there's anything wrong with that. I think uh, um, I'm not picking Joseph over Marinelli in in a rematch should they meet up in the finals. Um, And it's funny. I do think that they both – I think they both have their toughest opponents in the semifinals. I think Isaiah White has historically been a very bad matchup for Vincenzo Joseph minus their last match. That was the thing, their last match. Evan Wick and, and Alex Marinelli, it's contrasting styles. And you know how Wick is. So anything can happen. But to answer your question, should Vincenzo and Marinelli meet up in the finals? I'm going to pick Marinelli. And it's it's going to go back Ooh. to the fact that Marinelli has owned the series. He was owning the match this season before he got too arrogant. Vincenzo took advantage of it. I think Marinelli, Marinelli learns from that. The coaches coach him up. They have a good game plan. And I think he gets the win. I think that Joseph might be the only person in this weight class, you know, that, that we've seen, or one of the only ones that's able to consistently stop Marinelli's offense from the the, the shots. Okay, like Marinelli's leg attacks, where Marinelli's won both of his matches have been in upper body positions where he's dictated them, and, jo- and he's put Joseph in bad positions where Joseph ends up on his back. We saw that swap here. 
do we really think that an upper body tie is going to determine their fourth match? I mean, it's happened in what the first, the first two, three, the first three. I got to imagine at one point they're going to wrestle just a regular style wrestling match, and Joseph's been able to fend off Marinelli's shots, and I think that he's he does it well enough to get the win here. Um, God, it's so this is great. This is great because we're disagreeing on stuff more than we normally do. Yeah. To me, if it comes down to a traditional style match, all right, where they're hand fighting, fighting sure. for position and takedowns, give me Marinelli. You I think, think Marinelli so. has the upper hand. You would think that, but I, I know think. you're high on Joseph and the, the fact that he's hard to take down. Marinelli's hard to take down as well. More than hard to take down. He is almost impossible you, to take down. You get down. what I'm saying. No, but I think that's an important distinction. Makai Lewis took him down. I, well, Makai Lewis had a, run, a magical run. Okay, Makai Lewis right had after a his junior world gold. Yeah, it was magical. Makai Lewis was like the seventh seed. Okay, I'm not going to get into. He was the eighth seed. Yeah, I'm not going to get into the debate with you here. I'm kidding with you. The point I'm saying is, is this is this is really cool how we're looking at things differently because sure. the first three matches all came down to upper body. Marinelli beats him. Twice in those, Joseph gets in him the Joseph's last time. Positions. All right, in Joseph positions, Joseph gets him the last time off of a very intelligent tactical move by him. Even because Marinelli was dominating the upper ties before that, should this he come was, down he was to a traditional match? A should this come down to a traditional match? And this is the other thing I think you forget sometimes is that Marinelli's pretty freaking hard to take down as well. His really head, hard to take hands down. and hips defense are phenomenal. Yep. His hand fighting's great. I, I like Marinelli in a traditional match. Sure. And this is certainly a toss-up. I think it come down to Joseph maybe being able to do that freaking stupid-ass ankle ride on him enough, you know? Just maybe get a takedown with 20 seconds left and be able to ankle ride him out. Has something. Joseph ever ridden Marinelli? I don't think he has. Yeah, uh, I don't think he has. I, I, I mean, I would have to. I mean, I can't, I can't recall off the top of my head. Do you see anything in the semis that that would, would stop these two guys from coming? I, I mean, I think that the Bull and the, I do. the Wick are going to be – I think it's going to be tight again, and certainly they've Marinelli's won in overtime. Marinelli's been able to kind of take him down when he needs to, though, to win that matches. You do see something that could potentially stop it. Uh, I mean, one hundred percent. I mean, first of all, um, Evan Wick and Marinelli's matches have always been close, tight, all right, very, very tight. Some of them, uh, you know, sudden victory OT. Look, I think that last year in the Big Ten, I mean, that was close two to one, and I thought there. I'm going off memory here, but wasn't there a little controversy that maybe Evan Wick yes. either got out or Evan got a takedown? No, Evan, Evan Wick was riding him out, right. okay. and there was no stall call. Okay, that's what it was. That's what it was. You know, so things he rode like that. Him. He rode him like a dog and didn't get the stall call. So all of their matches, even in the duel, duel last year, you know, it was a sudden victory win for, for, for Marinelli. What was that? What was their NCAA tournament match like two years ago? I think that was the, the biggest blow-up, and that was when Wick – didn't Wick beat Marinelli pretty good then? Uh, yeah, he beat him sixteen to three. Yeah, that was that was Marinelli's freshman season. That fre- was crazy. freshman season. Sixteen to three. That's when that that's, was right. That was right. Evan Wick took third that year. That was right before. And then the Conti semis, Evan Wick pinned Marcelo after Marcelo took him down like three times. Remember that? Yeah, he got cradled. on top of him and cradled yeah. him up. So know? Wick's so, always got that home run hit. Wick, Wick does, and that's why I'm saying when you look at this weight class, Vincenzo and Marinelli are the top two guys that everybody thinks about and talks about. But I truly do believe that the two guys that they could have in the semis are their toughest opponents. Because even when you look at Isaiah White and Vincenzo's matches previously, aside from the duel this year where it looked like Isaiah White kind of gave up, their matches have been extremely, extremely close. Last year at the at NCAA Championships, 3-1 to one sudden victory, oh, Vincenzo. Yeah. I watched All right. Crazy. 3-1 three to, three to one sudden victory right there. Um, I think they also met up in a in the duel last year, if I'm not mistaken, 
and it was also a close match. I could be wrong on that. Did they meet in the duel? I don't know. They had to. White versus... Nebraska-Penn State. Oh, yeah, Vincenzo beat him two to nothing. Right. All right, so the one thing White has not been able to do is take down Vincenzo, but he also makes it very hard for Vincenzo to get those takedowns. White has a very, very, very good defense. Actually, did White score a takedown in the duel this year? No, it was 5-1. to one. Never mind. No, no. I, I, look, I think that at this point, White being a senior, he is a guy that will not beat anybody that he's supposed not supposed to, and he will not lose to anybody that he's not supposed to. I think he's a consummate guy. He will finish literally at his seed. You know what I mean? That's the type of guy I think White is. Excellent wrestler. But I think that let's say he goes in as the five seed, he'll finish as the five. Goes in as the four seed, he'll finish as the four. And I and I just see that I have him actually finishing fourth here, and he's the four seed. I, I just think that I think that the guys above him have separated themselves a little bit, and the guys below him, he's just better than. I, I'm not going to say that I'm not impressed with White because I'm impressed with any wrestler that's you know a Division two national champ and a a fifth place finisher at the NCAA Division one tournament in round of twelve guy. I'm extremely impressed with him, but I think he's a little limited in his offense. And I, but but I think he's so great in his defense that he's able to beat the guys that he's supposed to. Doesn't quite have enough for the guys that he's that would be considered an upset. That, so, so that's why I have trouble getting excited about that. All right. So this, then I guess I'm going to counter that with this. Isaiah White has the talent and skill to beat anybody in the country in this weight class. By the way, he has a 2 to nothing win last year against Mikai Lewis, the national champ. Okay? Yeah. I, All right? Yeah, yeah. So, um, his losses against the guys above him have all been very, very, very close. So, if Isaiah Absolutely. White can go he out there, if he can go out there and put a full seven minutes together and be able to score at least once off of one of his attacks. got to do it. He can do it. He has to do it. got to do it. Where you say... You look at him as a guy that's going to wrestle to a seed. I look at him as a guy that this is a guy. He has. He he's got the stuff to make the finals if he puts it together. I don't think so. I don't think there's. I'm any not way saying that... he will. I'm saying he has the ability. <laughs> I don't think he has it. Okay, well he beat the national champ last year. Yeah, so, the, the kid was a freshman, up and down, up and down, up and down. Makai Lewis had two losses last year. Yeah, one of them was to Isaiah White, though. Yeah, and the other one was to who? Connor Flynn. Oh, left Connor Flynn from Missouri. That was I early. believe it was the first match of the year. All right, Connor Flynn. Maybe Joseph just got that much better because he was able to put it to him. What do you mean? Joseph beat him up this year. I think that Joseph's gotten better, bro. He, That's what I'm saying. Joseph has gotten better. He beat him up. I think it got to a point in the duel where uh, White just kind of felt defeated. And All Mick, I'm saying Evan is – put up 10, the 10 spot on him. The, the whole point I was making that you just to totally get away is is that Marinelli and Joseph both have their worst matchups in the semis. All right, I can agree with that. Thank you. Worst matches of the tournament. Yeah, I mean, besides I themselves, other, besides each other. Right, but I think there's other people potentially in this weight class that could that could cause bigger issues than Isaiah White or the the bull or Isaiah White or excuse me Evan Wick. Really? Please enlighten me. There's a gentleman by the name of Shane Griffith is pretty damn good. Oh, oh, I'm sorry. I thought we were talking about the Big Ten tournament. No. What the hell are you talking about? You said that they have their worst matchups in the semis. Yeah. Yes, their worst matches. In the I tournament, they, sure. No, I think they, the, the seeding, the way the preseeds have gone out, Vincenzo and Marinelli have their worst matchups in the semis. You prefer they swap. Yes. Because I think Vincenzo would own Wick. I think that's a bad matchup for Wick. And have I they think, ever wrestled? 
Vincenzo, they, they, wrestled they wrestled this year, year right? for the first time. First time ever, yeah. Yeah, and Vincenzo won. He beat him 8-0, dude. Exactly. That's what he I'm saying. He looks so good. Thank you. You're finally seeing my no, fucking point now. No, but I'm saying Vincenzo looks so good. That's what's concerning me. Vincenzo's just beating everybody. He's beating them. Listeners, you see how he just ignores my, my... It's okay. No. But Vinci, you're right. Vincenzo has looked amazing this year. He looked like he's jumped a little bit of a level now. Yeah, he did, but... I get your point. But I get what you're saying. I, I, I thought you were levels. talking about general. I thought you were talking about generally in the entire. I'm, I'm talking about at this tournament. That would make That's sense why I'm saying the we're po- talking about this okay. tournament. So the point I'm making is, is that hey, <laughs> it's not a lock that your finals is Marinelli and Joseph. You know, Vincenzo's going to get his hundredth win in the semis if he wins it. Oh, okay. Well, that'd be that'd be awesome. It's pretty cool. That is pretty cool. Pretty cool for a former podcast guest. One of the great. Oh, oh my God! I'll go back. Can and we just to call him Meatball? Can we call him Meatball Joseph? Yes, I'll go back and listen to that tonight. He was awesome. All right. Remember anyway. when he thought that we were trying to? What was it called? Troll him by getting him on. Why were we trolling? No, but he was like a little bit like oh, apprehensive yeah, because he, he was, was like, "Are you guys just bringing us on to troll me?" No. And we're like, "No, dude, you're Literally, awesome." Our podcast is called The Inside Trip, yeah. and the picture has your teammate on and it. Stop as picking much as the shit me. out of Ohio State yeah. guys. All right. <laughs> and it was like. I was, I, we literally interviewed Isaiah Martinez after he lost to Vincenzo the first time, and I said, how ironic is it that you are on a podcast called The Inside Trip when you just got inside tripped by Joseph and pinned in the NCAA Finals? Ooh. And he laughed. But go, <laughs> I know. But going know. back to your buddy Tommy Prairie. All right, let's not – I would prefer that we not even – I'm kidding, Tommy. I love you. <laughs> um, 174. But yeah, yeah, I got that chalk, baby. So I got Wick taking third. Okay. Look, I'm gonna, can I ask one last question? I'm going to let you down. Go ahead. Seriously, who do you think has a better chance of pulling the upset in the semis, assuming it's White That's Joseph, Wick Marinelli? I'll say Wick it's because he's go done chalk. it before. Okay. That's, that's fair. That's fair. And I honestly— And the match—I the, the match, the, would say the same thing. I, I like a guy that can ride. I think that it puts—the fact that Marinelli has to think about choosing bottom— just makes the match totally different. Even though Marinelli can get out, but you're absolutely right. I think that's that is a great point right there. And also, Isaiah White has never shown that he can take down Vincenzo Joseph. And if you can't take a guy down, you're not going to beat him. Not, especially not a guy when, like Joseph. Especially when you can't score on top. Right. Okay. If he can get that takedown, I do believe his defense and his bottom game is good enough to win that match. But something crazy could happen where White... I mean, I wouldn't say this would happen at the NCAA tournament, but hell, we've seen at the Big Ten tournament a lot of crazy shit. Isaiah White could beat Joseph in the semis. It could seriously happen. Crazy shit happens all the time. We've got to... Ben, I agree. Everybody has to temper their expectations and realize that these guys are so excellent at their craft... That, dude, these people aren't going out there thinking they're going to lose. Ben, I, I agree, and that's the when I said that Isaiah White is a guy, even though we don't expect it, he is one of these guys at this weight class that on his best day has the ability to make the finals. Look at his NCAAs last year, then we're going to move on. His losses, 4-3 to three to Wick, 3-1 to one sudden victory to Vincenzo Joseph. His wins, dominating win over Joey Gunther, one-point win over Branson Ashworth, 5 to nothing over Bryce Stewart, Three to two over Campbell, eight to four over Josh Shields. See, his two losses were two who's one. Campbell again? Why? Oh, Tayshan. Tayshan. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Who's I Campbell? I blocked that out of my head. Yeah, <laughs> blocked yeah. That out. So he wrestles tight though. Man, That's he had thing. a he had a great tournament. Sure, he did. He, had, one, he finished fifth in the country. One takedown away. Is all I'm saying. All right, one seventy four. I like this weight. I like this weight for a couple different reasons. One being the fact that we've got like the I think. 
some of the top, I think, top eight in the country or top seven in the country in this weight. They're taking nine. So they obviously are recognizing that. Um, I prefer – let's not work our way backwards on this one. Let's, let's, um, let, let's talk through it a little bit if you, if you don't mind. The reason why I say that is because Labriola, Skaska meet in the second round. They're literally – they've wrestled seven times this year. Or not this year. Seven times. In total. In two years. And they've gone back and forth, right? Labriola ha- holds the lead four to three over Skatska. Skatska won the last one. Holy shit. I mean, these are two All-Americans wrestling in the second round of a freaking tournament. Um, I've got Skatska. In the to, second round, really? Yeah, yeah. It's the five and the um, the four. They Interesting. It's the five-four. Yeah, the classic five-four double All-American in the, in the tournament. Right on. Um Skaska, I think, won last time, and I think he won by pin, um, if I'm correct. It was seven to two. Oh no, that's what it was. It was seven to two. It was a dominant. It was a dominant win. Yeah, I mean, it was a very, very, very solid win. Um, Earlier in the season, uh, Labriola got him seven to five in sudden victory. Um, Last year, they 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 battled back and forth. They had that crazy Big Ten match. I think Labriola won it when everybody. No, Skaska uh, pinned him. That's Skaska right. Was it overtime? Him. It was an overtime. Yes. It was an overtime. And then Labriola flipped it at Nationals That's when right. he beat Skatska 7-5, to five, which might have – no, because it wasn't around 12 because Skatska no. All-American as well. I, that might have been, been for 7th, 8th. Um, actually, Labriola finished 6th. So oh, wasn't. so it was probably Conti. Yes. Or that one match. Regardless, get, yeah. regardless, yeah. regardless. So this is a battle that – is going to be fun to watch, and, and and it is an absolute, an absolute. I love this rival, and this is a true rival. Hasn't this been a rivalry? It's seven. They're going to have eight matches by the early morning session of the Big Ten tournament. And by the way, Skatska beat him twice last year at Bigs. I know. And then Labriola got him at Nationals. Isn't that crazy? It is crazy. So I like Skatska there. I don't know if it matters because I got camera over both of them, but I think that we needed to reference that. Here's an interesting match for you, and and I and I and I've got a clear winner here. But you know, Lighty versus Romero. Wait a and back up round. a second. Okay, go ahead. Who are you taking in that Labriola Skatska match, man? Skatska. Okay, did you say that? Yeah. yeah I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah. I like that last win, right? I mean, sometimes you go with the hot hand. When you've got evidence, when it's four versus four to three versus these guys, you know, it's a toss up. So I'm I'm literally just going with the guy that won the last match by a really solid margin. I. Labriola could easily win that. I, look, again, going back to last year, Skats could beat him twice at Biggs. Labriola, his only two losses at Biggs were to Skatska, which he didn't. Other than that, he really didn't have it. He, he didn't wrestle anybody tough really at the Big Ten tournament. That's insane. When you look at Labriola, what he did at Nationals, though, his losses were to Dan Lewis, and then one point to McFadden, one two points to Miles Amin. He beat Liddy. He beat Skatska. He beat Jacoby Smith. He beat, Liddy he beat all Bullard, American, and then he beat Bullard. He beat Bullard, Jacoby Smith, Liddy, and Skatska. Oh, he ran the gauntlet. He put on a tough as a freshman. As a freshman, yeah. So, oh yeah, I just I, I think that uh, the, you, you, we can talk technique and who we think is better at this and that with all these guys. This is just going to be a coin flip match every time they. It's gonna it's gonna be a headbanger. Yeah, who knows. Who knows? I mean, I'm going to take Labriola though, and, and that's fine. That's I am. I'm going to take Labriola, and the reason is, is because Labriola was a freshman last year. All right, he's got those two losses against Gatskip Biggs. He went out. He performed phenomenally at the national championships. I think Labriola might be one of those guys. 
that really turns it up a notch in the postseason. And this year, I think that starts with the bigs rather than starting with the Nationals. I'll accept that just basically because basically it's his turn to win. Like, they just flip, they flip-flop. Okay. What do you think about uh, – or am, 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 I, am I being a little too high on our boy Caleb Romero, who's had a really good season, by the way? Um, I'm going to take Lighty in this match. This is the second-round match because Lighty's just had an excellent season. But I think that Lighty Romero is going to be a nice little, nice little uh, second-round match that I think people are going to tune in for. Man, that that's tough, dude. I'm. I think you get a little more excited about Caleb Romero than I do. I think Caleb Romero beat has Skatska. I get that, Ben. Just just let me finish. I I get it. He beat Skatska. I think when you're looking at a guy like Caleb Romero, who's got all the talent in the world, I think he's a little one dimensional. All right, then you got a guy like Lighty who is dominating dudes. As you're beating great guys. All across He's the country this season. year, having a phenomenal season. His only loss this year is eight to four to Michael Kimmer. He's given Kimmer his best match. Okay, I'm pretty sure. Um, I mean, he looked better against Kimmer than Mark Hall did. So no, he really did. I'm not. Yeah, I'm not. That's why I said it. You know, he he's he's had a phenomenal season. He. He's the better overall wrestler. I mean, dude, he he beat Skatska fourteen to four in the duel. That's just crazy. Five to two over Labriola. You know, when you look at stuff like that. You want to talk about jumps, right? When you look at that, it, the, the, the question is, people tuning in to watch Romero and Liddy, the, the question is, Liddy Hall. What, Liddy Hall. That, yeah, Does I, Liddy I, have a chance? Because they, they didn't wrestle this year. I wrote next to that match, fun one. That's the question. I'm serious. I agree with you. I, like I said, you know, I, I wanted to talk about our Ohio State boys a little bit. You know, I, I agree. I pick Liddy. I pick Liddy. But Lighty Hall, I think. Is that I a think. Real thing? I think Romero has. Is it going to qualify? I think it could qualify through the tournament. Is what I'm saying. Oh yeah, I got Romero taking four. Lighty Hall, you know they met last year and Hall beat him six to two. Okay, Lighty is not the same guy this Way year different. that he was last year. Now last year, aside from some early season, you know, head scratchers, he really didn't have bad wins. I mean, or bad losses. He lost to Cutler. He had some head scratchers against a guy like Hayden Hastings from Wyoming, um, Spencer Carey from Navy, who is a tough dude, but not a guy that you know is at that level. Kimball Bastion. And it's a way a- different year for Lighty, yeah, right? Right, but but then after that, it's his losses were Amin, Mark Hall, Amin, and Labriola, and then Ben Harvey and Mike Labriola. So the Ben Harvey's a head scratcher as well. But this year, Lighty's different, and I think this match more than any that Lighty has wrestled this year, should they meet in the semis, is going to really tell us. How legit he is, how big of a jump he's made, and how serious he is of being not only a podium threat, but possibly a finals threat. He could be. And, and, and for people that don't know Dylan Lighty, he's from Purdue. I, I mean, I'm sure most of you guys do know him. Um, as a junior and a sophomore, he's both finished. He's finished in the round of 12. Round of 12. He's never All-American. Uh, he's a guy that you're going to want to put on your list of um, – you know, Brandon and I have lists every year of people that we hope All-American, right, that have never done it before. Oh, he's the one. He's, right. He is one of them yeah. this year, absolutely. Yeah, he, he's on the list um, of guys that have never All-American before that you hope you do. He's already made the round of 12 twice. You don't want to see him to not punch through again, you know, kind of like a Ryan Price from last year. Uh, Dylan Lighty is legit. I'm not kidding with you when I think that this could be a match. Now, I do think Hall gets it done. I do think Hall gets it done, Brandon. I think that Hall's on a mission right now. Uh, I think that... Him losing to Kemmer left a salty taste in his mouth. Um, I think I think something that came out recently that said that Mark Hall has been the most dominant wrestler in college this year, um, from, from, a, from a statistical standpoint. And 
Did you see what he did to Labriola? Well, we were at the, yeah, we, we were at the we house watched it. Watching yeah, it. We watched that. It was criminal. The thing that with Mark Hall is you just don't know which Mark Hall you're going to get. Okay, and what makes that even more scary is if you get kind of lackadaisical, you know, just go with the flow. Mark Hall, he still wins those matches. Right. You get Mark Hall that you get says, determined Mark Hall. Yeah, that says, look, bro, um, I'm one of the best in the world, and I'm about to f you up. He's going to pin you very quickly, like he did with. Oh, Labriola. Labriola. That was gnarly. <laughs> you know what I'm he's like, I'm, he's like, I'm going for the major psych. I'm just going to stick you. Um, it can be a match, though, Ben. I'm going to take Lighty's made jumps. Lighty is a grinder. Lighty's a grinder, man. He's fun to watch, guys. Hey, get on the Lighty train with us. Brandon and I are on the Lighty train. Get on it with us. Let's ride that damn thing all the way through the NCAA tournament. Um, I'm excited to watch that match. I'm excited to watch this this weight class. So I got Cam Hall. Wrestling in the, the the finals, I think that that's probably what most people have. Um, I got Hall flipping it on him, and I know that you'll probably have a difference of opinion. A Camerer looked dominating in their duel. Camerer Hall looked like he didn't have anything for him. Camerer took him down a couple different times with a couple different attacks, and was able to put a little bit of a ride on him. Why am I picking Hall, Brandon? I don't, I don't know. know because he's a three-time national finalist, two-time national champ, yeah, um, one-time champ, but yeah. Lost his Zahid twice. I'm sorry. No, he, he hasn't lost his Zahid twice. He beat Zahid in the semis off a headgear pull. He beat Bo Jordan. And then he lost, lost his Zahid twice. Is this, oh, this is only a junior year. Is this a junior year? He's a senior. Is he a senior? Yeah. He lost his Zahid twice in the finals? Yeah. Sorry, tequila's kicking in. Um, What was the question again? Why, Why am you... I picking Hall over Kemmerer after Kemmerer just put up a dominating performance against him? Because it's Mark Hall. Yeah, I think, it's Mark I think Hall. that's probably a good and answer. Honestly, be, as much as... Look, guys, as much as he annoys us... I'm not going to let you flip on it, though. you got to go Kemmerer. You've been riding that horse all day. I picked Kemmerer to win the national championship, okay? And the duel. That was a great call. I called that in the duel. That was awesome. Here's the thing, though, that just I can't, I can't get out of my head. As much as I want to, you know, play that safe bet and kind of say, well, the odds are Kemmerer's not going to beat him three times. Hall's going to flip it. And the only match that they've ever wrestled each other, Michael Kimmer, Mark Hall, Mark Hall. He beat him in every position that Mark Hall is great at and dominates every other wrestler in. Whether it's quickness, whether it's in wrestling through positions, whether it's scrambling, whether it's just straight freaking acumen. Exactly. And I think Michael Kimmer is a guy that you talk about Mark Hall on a mission – I think Michael Kimmer is a guy that wrestles with a chip on his shoulder because he was such a great recruit, sure. and he's been overshadowed by the Nolfs, the Nichols, the Mark Halls, and he was injured last year. I think he's trying to prove something here. So you know what? Yeah, I'll take Kimmer, man. I love it. I'll, I'll take Kimmer. I love it. This is going to be a fun weight class, guys. I mean, we're talking about we're talking about Conti semis between like a Skatska Romero and Lydi Labriola. I mean, these are that's Conti semis. You know, so there's, there's it's going to be a really fun turn. It's going to be a really fun weight class to watch. They're taking nine for for good reason. Um, this might be one of my most exciting weight class overall, especially with the intrigue of the rematch between Hall and Kemmerer. I think I'm most looking forward to 174, 174, and 133 over any other weight. 149 is fun too. 49, 84, heavyweight is probably one of the toughest Big Ten heavyweights in years. Real quick on Mark <laughs> Hall though, Zahid Valencia. And Michael Kimmer has shown you the blue, the blueprint on how to beat Hall. One, you got to bang with him. You got you got to punch him in the mouth, more or less. And I'm saying that from a 
You gotta, you I'm not being literal. Him. I just mean you got to get in his face. You got to be rough with him. Two, you have to. You you can't stop wrestling in positions. You got to wrestle through the position. Finish and quick. Beat, beat him to the point there. And three, don't let him pull some of that savvy, just straight funkery. You know, throws and stuff out of his back pocket because he keeps a foot sweep he in his to, back he pocket. Tried to, he tried to head and a head arm uh-huh. exactly. Exactly. And I think that's why Bo Jordan wasn't able to beat him in the finals. Now, granted, there was controversial calls, but he was able to get to the positions, but not quite get the ref to give it. Couldn't take him down. Yeah, he did take him down, kind of, but then the ref let it go, and Hall was able to scramble out of it. Remember that? The thing with the way Kemmerer and Zahid have been able to beat him has been They leave no doubt to it. They leave no doubt. Forcefully take him down. They leave no doubt. And seriously, for anybody that listens to this that has not – seen the Kimmer and Mark Hall match that took place this year. You need to go watch it because I feel bad for you if you have Michael Kimmer executed everything as perfect as you can and I mean it, it it's hard for me to pick against Michael Kimmer in this match. It's hard for me to pick against Mark Hall, but you know you you said it earlier, I'm gonna stay on the Kimmer train. I like that you stayed on the camera train, to be honest with you. I, I don't want you to get off that camera train, even if Hall does win this, because you've been riding that, and it was one of, it was one of your better picks, man. I don't think a lot of people were really picking camera over Hall in the duel, and you did, and not only did camera win, but he won in dominating fashion. And I'll never, look, look, you know me. I'm not going to, like, when being serious, I'm not going to, like, toot my own horn, but I was actually saying this before the season started. Not even just for that duel, but I've said it before the season started that when we did our national championship picks, early season stuff, I picked Michael Kimmerer. I know you did. So, 184, though, man, this is the one way where it's really weird. weird. They're they're bringing 10, which is good because I think think they deserve 10 out of this weight, to be honest with you, because I think all 10 are going to be returning national qualifiers most likely. Um, You mean hard to see from last year? Yeah. Or like or, yeah, besides or, besides some of the top guys. But yeah, besides like, Bronco and Rocky Jordan. Right. Like yeah, but I think like some of the guys that are gonna finish ninth and tenth, I'm Ava sorry. Saad, or, 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 like I'm saying like Embry and Sebastian. Right I know, there. I'm just or saying Sebastian, like, uh, Johnny Sebastian. The point I was just kinda of throw out there like kind of like nonchalantly is like guys. look at all the freshmen right. r- 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 seated high in this weight class, ranked high in the country, making this weight. And a big boy's weight. Weird one. And a big boy weight too. It's interesting, and, and I think it's seated fine. But Brooks gets the one seed. He probably has the 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 most least impressive wins. Maybe I shouldn't say the least impressive wins at this weight, but he's been consistent. But he hasn't wrestled a ton, right? I mean, he was pulled late. He was pulled late. I'm not saying that it was a wrong seed, but the one seed did him no favors because the four seed is the one guy that that beat him up in so, the duel, nine to five. Right, Vens. Unfortunately, look, you are 100 percent right, Ben. He got pulled late, so when you look at his wins. They're not overly impressive on a national level, but when you look at him compared to the Big Ten, you know, he's got wins over Bronigal, um, Janzer, Assad, Sebastian, Owen Webster, Rocky Jordan. So he's beaten everyone with the exception of Taylor Venz. And has Taylor Venz, Venz had, had he not been so just head-scratchingly inconsistent this year. For like a really small period of time, right? It's been all year, Ben. I thought Venz, Venz went on like a three-match losing streak, but other than that... His loss, I think, was literally to Zahid. So he lost to Zahid. 
He then lost to Lujan. He lost to Dupre at Cliff Keen. No, wrong with he those. lost to Lujan again at Cliff Keen. He lost to Ava Saad. Never a three-match losing streak. Caffey, the two that, that I scratch my head about, even the three, is Ava Saad, Cam Caffey, and Rocky Jordan. Right. Those, those are, are the his three last three losses. About. Those are his last three losses. He lost three out of four matches there. Those are the head scratchers because had he won those matches, now you're looking at a guy instead Easily of sixteen one and seven, seat. he's nineteen and four with the win over Brooks, and at 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 minimum he's the two seed at minimum. Oh yeah, for this weight, for this weight because well he also lost to Cam- had he beaten Cam Caffey, yes, right, yeah, yes, he would be yes. the one. He would, but he still got the goods though, man. That, that's the thing. He what, what do they got him? What, what's his what's his pre seed? It's, it's he's the four. He's the four. So. And this is the guy that beat Brooks. So Brooks getting the one got no favor with this. That's what I'm, and that's you, what I'm saying. we watched that match together, and it wasn't look. Brooks was competitive, but Taylor Vans, he beat him. He up. beat him up. I think Brooks got the first. He takedown. big brothered him. He yeah. did. He got the first takedown. Then after that, I, I, I'll tell you what though. It, it, I think that it, it, it deserves it deserves us to run it down a little bit because you and I might not even. We're probably not going to even have the same finalists. Um, I think it starts. It starts all the way in the second round, man. I think Janzer is the sleeper of this weight class. I know he's nineteen and seven. He's a redshirt freshman, but you know he's he's beaten uh, Rocky Jordan. He's beaten um, who else has he beaten here? Uh, By the way, these uh, statistics are courtesy of WrestleStat. Right. He Thank beat, you, he beat, uh, Greg and Dan. Absolutely. He beat Jelani Emery. He beat Cam Caffey, Rocky Jordan. Um, so Janzer, I think, is a sleeper of this weight. Now, I think that Vens pushes past him. But I like I like Jans or Vens as a second round guys. That's gonna be a fun one. Another second round, Assad Jordan. I mean, they wrestled already this year, and I think it was pretty close. I'm not what you said about Janzer, look, this it's not a bad thing to say. And you're gonna have sleepers at every weight. You're gonna have guys that are not don't get your typical attention throughout the season that make some noise and shake things up. Yeah, I like him the, as the, one. The, the 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 one thing though I will say about Vens. Um, it's very rare that Taylor Venz has ever lost to a guy that he shouldn't have lost to, even when you go back through his entire career. You tell me he shouldn't have lost to Rocky Jordan, or he should have lost to Rocky Jordan? I'm saying very rarely when you go back throughout his, his entire career. This year has been the anomaly. So let's look at the year that he took fourth in the country as a freshman. Okay, his losses, Mymar, Pete Renda, Emery Parker, Gravina's the head scratcher. That would be the one questionable one, but Gravina was tough. He lost to Abinator a couple of times, three times actually, and then Chip Ness and Emery Parker again. So that was his redshirt freshman year when he took fourth. His best year. Okay, his best year. Last year he made the round of 12. When you look at his losses, Miles Martin, Chip Ness, Nick Renan, Cash Wilkie, Miles Martin again, Emery Parker, Shakur Rashid, Ryan Preesh, Zavatsky, not a bad loss. No, there. but he's inconsistent. He's that. I, I that he's I will not, Yes, and I, yes, I agree completely. So this year, this is the, the year that's been really crazy for me with him because you'll see him at one moment go out and stick Louis to pray after he lost to him seven to four at Cliff Keen. Crazy. Well, you'll, that's that's his ability, you, right? You'll see him wrestle. He. he he could have had that match against Zahid had the ref kind of, you know. Holy shit, you know, that was a great you know, match. That was a great match. Hey, it's, that was a great match, by the way. That might, honestly, that was probably one of the best matches of the year. I agree. Here's a guy that, at Cliff Keen, he pinned Ben Darmstadt, who many people think now is the number two guy, 
potentially at 197. I right. get it. He was down a weight. You know, so he, it's just – but then he goes out and he loses to Assad, Caffey, and Rocky Jordan. And he gave Brooks his only loss of the year. So it's – Vince – Your point is well taken with me because I have him making the finals over Brooks. So yeah, so so your point is well taken. I guess I'm just doing I'm playing this, a little devil's advocate. I'm just doing myself. this for the listeners. Like, right. look, it's easy to get caught up in recency bias that Vince has lost to Jordan Caffey and Abasad. You know, he went out of that three out of four run uh, losses right there. Um, but people forget. Aside from that, he's never had a bad loss. And fourth in the country as a freshman, round of twelve as a sophomore. You know, he's itching to get back on that podium. All right, so let me holler out some other matches for you. The second round, we got we got Jordan and Assad. It was three to one last time they wrestled. I'm picking Assad again, but I, you know, could Rocky Jordan? Could Rocky Jordan really? Could Rocky Jordan say, "All right, I've gotten a year under, or, you know, the full the full year under me. I'm ready to go. I'm feeling good at the right weight class." Remember, he was at 74 earlier this year, and make some noise. Or is he just a little too limited here in his red shirt freshman year? He's twenty seven and seven on the year, and look, we know a, a lot. Lost of those, to Janzer. A lot of those wins came at things like the Lake Erie Storm and the Cleveland State Open and Franklin and Marshall Open. Right, his record okay. looks a lot better than what it actually is. Correct. Um, I, you know, I, I don't, Ben. I don't think so, and I hate to say that because I love the Jordans. I love the Jordan kids. They've been nothing but great uh, ambassadors for Ohio wrestling, and. You know, these three brothers going to Ohio State, phenomenal. Jeff Jordan's been done, done more for Ohio wrestling than, than almost more than anybody in the state of Ohio. Okay, He's done a lot for yeah. it. The Absolutely. other guy I would throw up there just um, is um, um, uh, Illyria. Um, yeah, Burnett. 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 That's you what know. I was going to say. Yeah. Burnett. He's, he was the, the Steber coach. Exactly. Steber's coach. You know, they've or done so much, and so you want to see that. But I just don't think I've seen enough from Rocky Jordan to say that he can – he can go out there and create his own attack, score off them, ride, maybe turn on a consistent basis in a tournament Right at this level. Now, I got him qualifying for the NCAA tournament now. They're taking 10. You know, I think Rocky Jordan's going to I think Rocky Jordan's going to win a match or two at the NCAA tournament. But yeah, I'll take Assad there. Um, and I'll take Caffey over Bronigal in, in, the, in the second round. But then you get so the setup that it sounds like we both have is Brooks versus Fens and Assad versus Caffey. Unless do you have Caffey? Do you have Caffey over either Bronigal or Embry? Now Embry did beat him, beat Caffey earlier this year, ten eight in overtime. Who was that? Uh, Embry, Jelani, Jelani Embry. Embry. So Jelani Embry has Bronigal first round. I have Bronigal winning that, but if Embry wins it, he's Caffey as the number two seed did him no favors against the guy he lost to ten eight in overtime. In state rival, Jesus, uh, Jelani Embry. <laughs> Has there been a guy that had so much it's, potential it's that we weird, thought man. so much of that really just his season? I was looking at it together. earlier today. I mean, he's a sophomore. I get it. He's only a sophomore, but like he went fifteen and two in red shirt as a red shirt, as, as a freshman taking his red shirt. Thirteen and seven last year. Fifteen and ten this year. Sometimes he looks like he can go with anybody in the country, and other times he doesn't. But Ben. He has lost his last six matches in a row. I was going to say that. He, that's why I picked Bronigal over him. And Bronigal was one of them. Yep. That's why I picked Bronigal over him because Embry's had a real bad slide. Jesus. I think he beat Caffey second match of the year, Michigan State Open, 10-8. Uh, it was 10-8, tiebreaker one. Yeah. Yeah. But, yeah, he's lost his last six matches, Brandon. Have and, we seen somebody falter that bad that was, that was that talented? Not in a while, in my opinion. Um. 
I mean, not, those not, look at his losses. Not to that level, because you're talking about these. These aren't. Uh, we're, we're not talking about. Oh, that's not a bad loss. We're not talking about the Tayshan Campbell when he didn't win a match for a month and a half in the Big Ten, but he wrestled the top ten guys. Yeah, I mean, no, you're absolutely right. Uh, to me, it's very concerning when you have a guy at the. Go, uh, at the Big Ten tournament, who has lost his last six matches in a row against all Big Ten opponents, and with the ex- I mean, okay, so you, now granted, four of those losses were one point losses, okay? But that's why he's the ten seed, exactly. You so know? he could be a guy that could shake things up, or he could be a guy that just goes out there and shits the bed, right? Okay. So, so I have Caffey pushing to the semis. I haven't beaten uh, Bronigal. Um and then I got Brooks Vens. So let's let's start at the top because I think that we can obviously both agree that we're probably thinking it's Brooks Vens. Um, I'm going Vens. I am too. You know, I, I think that he last time they won was nine to five. The one thing that concerns me is that Brooks, Penn State tends to they tend to peak at the right time. That's a legit thing. Their team, their guys tend to be ready, and. I think Brent, Brooks definitely has the ability to flip this, and Venz, with his inconsistency, could easily drop this match. Call it a hunch, but I'm going to go with Venz here. No, I'm, I'm going to take Venz as well. Um, if this, okay, it depends on how the match is wrestled and how it comes down to. If this comes down to a battle in neutral where takedowns is the name of the game, and that's it. I think that favors Brooks. I think, Absolutely. Okay. But, but I do believe, and it's been proven, that Vins has the ability and can get a takedown against Brooks, and then he's got that top game. Okay? He did it. Yeah, he, he did it. Exactly. Brooks got in on his legs, and Vins was able to extend him and get behind him. Now, we talk about freshmen tripping up at big tournaments. Brooks has wrestled in big tournaments. Hell, he just went out. I think, what, he beat Sammy, uh, Sammy Brooks? Yeah. Um, at, what was that, yeah. Bill Farrell? No, he, he beat Sammy Brooks at the um, at the. Uh, it was Bill Farrell. I thought, US it, was, Open. I thought it was the Open. It, whatever, yeah. either one of those yeah. two. You know, he he beat Sammy Brooks. Had some nice wins out there. Um, I just I just have this feeling that Taylor Vins is going to turn it on. Okay, right. We're waiting for it. Yeah, we're waiting for it. And he's shown he can. And I like the I like him over Brooks in this match. I really do. Even though I just said that, and like my 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 right leg just twitched, right. you know, because because Aaron Brooks is that good and has that pedigree, you know. What do you what, what do you think about that other semi? You think I mean Assad has a nice little path there to Caffey. They they just pre- recently wrestled, and I think three um, to two Caffey. Caffey, yeah, Caffey beat him three to two. Uh, it was a really tight match. Um, I'm gonna take Caffey because if you look at He's kind of on the opposite trajectory as Embry, and most recently he's beaten Vens, Bronigal, and Assad, and Johnny Sebastian. Um, he he's looking pretty damn good right now. He's another guy that all the talent in the world, um, but I think he's really starting to put it together. He, he did lose to Janzer earlier in the year, which is why I really like Janzer. Um, not to beat that dead horse, but I'm going to take Caffey over Assad again. I think a lot of people are thinking that Assad's going to flip that match. I think it's a lot of people that are thinking Iowa versus Michigan State, you know. But but I like Caffey here. In fact, I'm taking Caffey over Venz, um, who he'd already beaten earlier this year, 11-6, to to win the Big Ten. Michigan State Big Ten champ. Okay. Caffey. I'm going to disagree with you. If Caffey and Venz meet up, I'm, I'm, I'm definitely taking Venz. Um, 
It was eleven to six last time. It was okay, and that's fair. That's fair. Caffey is a guy that can go out there and win a match like eleven to six against Taylor Vence and look so so good, and then go out there and get pen. Uh, you know, lose ten to eight to Jelani Embry. You know, or you know, lose to Tanner Harvey eight to five. Okay, and we haven't seen it yet. We just haven't seen it yet on that type of stage. Right. I guess I'm just making okay. a call. You know, and, and the other thing is, and this is really important to me, even though I hate it because I like Roger Chandler, is we haven't quite seen Penn State show that they really can step up and perform in Michigan the postseason. State, I'm yeah. sorry, Michigan State. Sorry, Michigan State. Yes, uh, step up. <laughs> we have unfortunately yeah, seen, Penn, seen State. Penn State. Sorry, <laughs> I'm sitting here. I'm still thinking of Brooks. Uh, step up and perform. In the postseason, okay, for whatever reason it may be. Um, so give me the grizzled veteran, Taylor Vence, who's been in the tough matches when everything is on the line. I'll take him to win this. I like it. Okay. I'm, in fact, Ben, I'm not picking Caffey to make the finals, brother. You're going to pick Assad? It's either Assad or Jordan or Bronicle or Embry. That, those are your, or Lion from Purdue. Right, no. Those are your choices. Assuming the seeds are the way they are. I like Assad to flip that match against Caffey. Absolutely. Okay, because Absolutely. and the reason why is because Caffey beat him three to two. Okay, and again, I'm going to trust those Iowa coaches. And Assad, being a true freshman, who is his trajectory is still high. He's still improving at a rapid rate. Those Iowa coaches are going to f- figure things out, coach him up for that, and get well, that. All he's got to be able to do is finish the takedown. Because if I recall, I mean, I think Assad was kind of. When they wrestled, I think Assad was the more aggressive guy in that match. I think Caffey kind of did a Sammy Sasso and kind of staved off a lot and kind of snuck, you know, snuck in there for the win. Um, so Assad is definitely not a bad pick. Was, I just I like I like where Caffey's head's at right now. No, it's okay. You know, it was like that with Assad and Brooks for a while in their match. Assad got to Brooks' legs quite a bit. The problem is, unlike Brooks, who wrestled never stopped, wrestled through those positions to get right. those takedowns, Assad would stop. For right. whatever reason. And I think that's coaching. That could be coached right sure. there. So I like Assad to flip that. Give me Assad versus Vens. I like Vens to win it. Okay. Okay. I got Brooks finishing third. I got actually got Janzer pulling all the way to fourth. Assad fifth. Jordan sixth. Um, really? Yeah. Really? Isn't that interesting? That That's very interesting. I got um, Janzer beating Assad in the uh, the Conti semis. And then Brooks beating Janzer. I, I, that is, to me, that's. The reason why it's interesting is because watch out for Janzer, ladies and gentlemen. I can't say it enough. All right, yeah, watch out for Janzer. Um, watch out for Zach Bronigle. Yes, okay, agreed, agreed. That, that's where I'm going because look, freshman. He, you know, he's his first year starting. He's a redshirt freshman, eighteen and eight. Um, he, high accolades, big recruit. Him and his brother both. And this guy, he looks good at times. He looks bad at times. Well, he which, like a freshman, he's a freshman, right? all right? You know, he's got some good wins. You look at the wins over guys like Jelani Embry, Nelson Brands, guys like that. Okay, not not world beater wins, but he also beat Cam Caffey. Right. 15 to 7. That's what I'm saying. 15 to 7. You that's know what, what I mean? That's what I'm saying. So, you know, it's watch out for him. He's a guy that could kind of just. Could he all American this year? I think he could. I'm not going to say that. Well, but, could. but he's a guy that get, can really fuck with some dude's emotions in the postseason. Yeah, it's, it's, I think we can both agree that they're getting ten here, so it, it, it's going to be crazy. Um, but at the same time, this is 
any – there's four guys, five guys that could win this weight. I mean, holy moly. Well, that's the thing. And then uh, they can win this weight at the Big Tens, right. let alone Nationals. Nationals, everyone in the top ten has a chance to win this weight. Right. But, yes, absolutely. Without Zahid being there. But this is the one-weight class more than the others where at NCAAs, you got some heavy hitters coming from the outside. You do. But they've all lost and beat each other. That's right. what I'm saying. Right. Hey, real quick, one last question on 184. Team race implications this year. Did Iowa make the right choice? Was it worth pulling Assad's red shirt? Are they going to get the points, the legitimate points that make it worth it over a guy like Wilkie or Brands? No. I don't think they made the right choice. You don't think so? No. Again, I'm not I'm not as high on Assad, I guess, as, as some people are. I got Assad taking fifth over Jordan in the bigs. I got him probably as a round of 12 type guy. But you know what? We've seen that. From another Iowa guy. I mean, you've seen that from Wilkie. The, the thing is, it had to be such a tough decision to kind of make that decision and go with Assad over a guy like Wilkie, who's a senior, multiple-time round of 12 guy. I think what we saw with Wilkie this year is, he, to me, he just didn't have a confidence. I don't know if it was confidence. Not only are you a senior who's made the round of 12, can't get on the podium, now you've got, you know, the coach's nephew was getting pushed by two right, different people and one of their top recruits. But where I was pretty beating him up for this earlier in the year, thinking it was a bad decision. When I go back and look at Assad's wins and also his losses, the wins over Vens, the wins over Bronigal, you know, those types of things, he may, he probably gives them a better chance to win matches that he shouldn't than Wilkie does. Yeah, agree with that. Absolutely agree with that. Yeah, I, 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 he's got way higher upside. I think oh, for sure. He's got for way sure. higher upside. Yeah, and it pains me because he could Cash it. Wilkie was a guy that he was that one of those other guys right. that had never podium, multiple time round of 12 that were like, we're going to be rooting for him right. hardcore to get on that podium. Man. It's not, it's Assad, a, could sneak his, Assad could sneak his way into like the third and fourth place match at the NCAA tournament. He really could. Ben, let well, me, we can't do that. But let me ask you this, Ben, as a former college wrestler. Oof. What does that do? What is how, how does that impact Wilkie's mental? Just How does he carry that the rest of his life? So Wilkie's wrestled in matches. Wrestled for, the rest of his life. Yeah. So Wilkie's wrestled in matches after that decision was made. He bumped up and wrestled at 197 against Colin Moore. Yep. And then he wrestled at 184 before. So obviously he's, he's quote-unquote taking it in stride. Um I think that it's something you'll never get over would be my guess. Uh, maybe he's a totally different person than me. Maybe he's just really just cool and, you know, not – stuff like this doesn't affect him and he understands it's just best for the team. Uh, me, oh, he's still going to burn. Yeah, I, I – uh, you know, there, there's there's things in my wrestling career that I will never get over, you know, that, that, I, that will haunt me until the day I die. I mean, <laughs> I'm talking about serious fucked up shit. With in terms of like my inability to get over some of the, some of my former wrestling uh, deficiencies, so I don't know. You know what I? Think? Everybody's different. You know what I think? I honestly think we could be way off on this. I honestly think the Iowa coaches 
gave him the chance to take this spot, but he lost to Owen Webster in the duel because before that, his only losses, one loss to Colin Moore bumping up, his two losses to Johnny Sebastian. He has wins over Nelson Brands. He's got wins over Jelani Embry. Oh, you said they put him out there even yeah. after he Asad was pulled? Yeah. They did. I mean, he wrestled against Jelani. He wrestled in the duels February 8th and 15th. He beat Embry, and then against Minnesota February 15th, he lost 3-2. to two. And I think that's. I think they gave him the chance. Well, Assad was hurt, but yeah, maybe if he wins that, they say. Maybe, maybe it was because Assad was hurt. Yeah. But, but let's say he goes out there and he just looks good and dominates. Basically, what I'm getting at is that loss against Owen Webster in that last duel against Minnesota, I think that made the decision pretty easy. Right. It's unfortunate, man. I don't. I'm not happy to see it. I'm not happy to see a guy go out and be what uh, NCAA qualifier and then round of twelve twice and then not get to wrestle his senior year. And let's think about what this guy's done. People don't realize that. And he bumped up. He wrestled ninety seven. Two years ago, he had the chance to certify and wrestle one eighty four, which was a weight more ideal to him. Pat Downey was supposed to be at 184, so he wrestled 197 and lost that chance. And then Pat Downey, well, we know Pat Downey. He didn't end up wrestling that year. He, he's he been the consummate team guy. Yeah, I, I don't think it was a good idea, man. I, I, I think that it was shit. Um, I, I think, but I think that, you know, the Brands brothers can't think of it. They got to think of, they got they got to put food on their plates. And by that, they got to win a title. And if Assad gives him the best chance, I understand that. This is wrestling. It's a tough fucking sport, and it is an unforgiving sport. And I tell you what, I know it gives a lot to people, but it also takes oh, a lot it, from it people. It takes a ton from it you, It takes man. a ton from people, and it took a ton from a guy like Assad. It took a ton from a guy who stayed on that team. Wilkie. Wrestled, or Wilkie, excuse me, and wrestled for that team and was so damn close to All-American and points away from getting on that podium. And no— He's never going to – it's never going to leave him. No, absolutely not. Okay. And it's unfortunate, but that is where it takes but also gives because it teaches you the adversity that very few other things can do in life. And um, I, I, I'm, I feel – I hurt for him, but I really I hurt for him. I feel worse than he probably does right now about it. I doubt you do. I doubt we do, honestly. I'm not sure he feels – I think it will hit him later in life. When he's 34, 37 years old doing a podcast with his best friend. I, yeah, I really hurt for him. I, we're not privy to what the coaches see on an everyday basis. The, the composure in the, the wrestling room, the battles in the wrestling room, the, the mentality in the wrestling room. Um, obviously, they've seen things there. They've seen things in the matches. And at the end of the day, I, where, I guess to me now it's like a 50-50 toss-up on whether it was the right idea to pull Assad. I think Assad has shown that he has a better chance of beating the upper-level guys at this weight class, especially now that Zahid's gone. Yeah. You know? You know what? We can second-guess all we want, but I think think it's the right decision from a who's a better wrestler standpoint, but is it a right decision from... I don't know if you need the points or not. It's, it's like, who do you trust? Do you trust a senior who's been in the round of 12, what, twice already to finally push through? Or do you trust a true freshman to go out there and uh, not only learn from the lumps, take his lumps, but perform under that big of a stage when your team is competing for their first national title in, what, eight, nine years? Avis, I better get his ass on the podium. They're going to need him. If he doesn't get his ass on the podium, I'm going to be pissed because you got cash money. Sitting there, oh god, it hurts. So before we move on to 197, I think it's safe to say that me and Ben both wish Cash Wilkie really well. It's been great watching you wrestle. 
would have loved to watch you get on that podium this year. Yeah. That's all I that's all I got so to that's say. All about I got to that. say about that. 197, my man. Colin Moore, right? I mean, it's kind of a boring weight. It's been dominant. It's they're taking I don't want to say boring, but No, it's it, it's been a little boring, Brandon. You're not being too rude. Um there's a couple matches I think that are worthwhile to talk about. They're they're taking six. So obviously it's not a ton. Uh it's good to see Bruner back. Bruner's the fourth seed. You know, he suffered an injury I think at the end of January. Um, he hasn't wrestled since then, I right. believe. Yeah, he's back. I, I don't think Moore's going to have any problems. I think where you've got some interesting matches are the bottom second round with Warner versus Rashid, where they wrestled earlier, and Warner, I, I believe, yeah, and Warner won. And then... Uh, you said Warner versus Rashid? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Rashid has not beaten anybody with a winning record except for Pagano. Yeah, and Pagano-Schultz. I'm going to take Schultz. The biggest, the only match really probably worth a significant amount of discussion is Warner Schultz. And Schultz beat him. Um, Schultz beat him in the duel. Yeah, beat him in the duel. I'm going to take Warner to flip that. Only reason is because the last time I saw Warner wrestle, he looked like a man on a mission beating Gear or Greer. Eight to three. Is it Gear or Greer? Dakota Gear. Gear. He beat Gear eight to three um, in their duel meet. So I'm going to take Warner to push to the finals against Moore, and I'm going to take Moore with a very solid, comfortable decision. Potentially major. So you've got you said Warner and Moore in the finals. Is that yeah, what you're saying? It is, I got a Warner Schultz semi on the bottom, and I got a Warner Moore Bruner top semi. Okay. Um, when I said this weight class is boring, I, I guess that well, I need to clarify that. What I mean is, is you've got one guy that is legitimately head and shoulders above everyone else, and then you've got some guys who uh, below him who, with the exception of Jacob Warner, and I'm not going to include Shakur Rashid in this, they haven't been on the podium. And the reason why I'm not including well, Shakur Rashid, okay, I'll include Shakur Rashid, but yeah. again, hasn't wrestled all season, it, fighting injuries. He took a seven five two and years four. ago, right? He, he took, uh, um, oh God, it was at 197, yeah. and I believe it was a seventh place. Yeah, seventh place two years ago. I believe I, is that true? Was it seven? Yes, but he's looked like a shell of himself. He, he's looked nothing like himself, which, again, and I'm going to equate this to the Cash Wilkie thing. It's it, it it's sad for me because he's been he's been fun to watch. Oh my goodness! Like he's been real at fun to best, watch. He was a national title contender. You know, like he was the two seed last year. He was the two seed at nationals. Made the round of sixteen. Lost two matches all year. His two losses were at the national tournament it was because Chip he met Ness a, and, um, yeah, it was Chip Ness, and he also lost to uh, um, Jacob Warner. Warner. No, 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 no. I'm sorry, not Jacob Warner. That's completely incorrect. It was Chip Ness and yeah, Jesus Christ. It was 2018, right? 19. 19. God damn it. We just looked at the state. Uh, Chipness. Dakota Gear. Gear Dakota yeah, Gear, yeah. That's right. Um, is what it was. Um, but it pains me because when he was on his game, going back to, we'll go back to his sophomore season when he did wrestle 197, when 184 was much more acclimated, you know, much more suited to him, but Bo Nickel was there. Dude, 24 and 5, seventh place. Last year, it's a go, great, great season. Went into NCAA's undefeated. He medical forfeited to Miles Martin at the Big Ten Finals. Right. But still undefeated, two seed. And I think he went, what, one and two? If I'm not mistaken. Two and two, and two maybe? Was it two and two? Yeah, two and two at the NCAA's. And this year. But he was always fun to watch. He oh, he I, could hit cradles from any position. Look, I, I have no ill will towards Shakur Rashid. In fact, as far as Penn State wrestlers go, he's one of my favorites. I don't agree with the six seed, though. I don't. Whether it makes it's a tough. difference in the grand scheme of things, I just don't agree with it. You're, I, f- you're five and four. You've beaten one guy with a winning record, and all of your losses have become in the big time. Uh, I think it will make a difference because you're only taking sixth. 
So I think it potentially could make a difference about where he would fall. You know what? That's not a bad point, Ben. Yeah. Um, now, the interesting thing is the good news is, is I, the six and seven are on the same half yeah. of the bracket. Uh, Pagano and um, Rashid will wrestle for to, to determine who goes to qualify. Yeah, and that's Rash- what I have. and that's Rashid's one win this year over a guy with a winning record, and that could prove to be an exciting match because when they wrestled earlier this year, Rashid sh- shut him out yeah, six to nothing. Six zero. So, um, kind of going back to this, I, Christian Brunner. Has made the round of twelve, I think, multiple times. He's another one of those guys that's looking to push through to to get on the podium. I absolutely see him as a qualifier, assuming he is healthy. Um, I would like to see him get on the podium, but I think to me with this weight class, Ben, the real thing, the real thing that I'm going to pay attention to or that really excites me is how under the radar Eric Schultz has gone this year with the season that he's had. Right. Okay, twenty one and three. He's made the round of sixteen. The last two years, so and, and he's only a junior, but his losses six to two to Colin Moore, three to two to Jake Woodley, six to four to Thomas Lane. That's he's always giving Colin Moore a real tough yeah. match. Those are his three losses, and you might you might think that a loss to a guy, you know, like uh, Jake Woodley's a bad loss. It's really not because Jake Woodley has all the talent no. in the world, and Thomas Lane is actually pretty damn good too. Thomas Lane made the round of twelve last year, my yeah, man. So he made the round not, of twelve. Let's not get crazy. But here. but look at who 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 Schultz his wins over. I mean, other than Colin Moore, he's beaten everybody else in the Big Ten. Warner, Rashid, all those guys, Strigow. I mean, you you can continue to go on. Um, he's got the win over uh, over Balsack, Greg. Twenty three and five from Clarion. All right, that guy ranked pretty high. The ball sack ain't bad. He ain't bad at all. So, I am really excited to see what Schultz can do this year. Not only at this tournament, but also going into the nationals because I, I, I think people really do overlook him. Ben. I think you got three real players here for the NCAA tournament in this weight, and I think it's Warner, Schultz, and Moore. I like the way Warner's come on. Yeah. I, Brandon, I totally agree with you. I'm picking Warner to beat Schultz. I, like I said, it's just because that Warner had that nice win against Gear, um, but Schultz definitely could flip it. And I don't. I think Moore would rather wrestle Warner. I don't think Moore wants to wrestle Schultz again. He took him to OT last year. It's always a tough match. Schultz was the pain in the ass. Schultz was the pain in the ass two years ago at the Cliff Kane wrestling Moore. I remember it vividly. I'm not even going to look it up. I remember that damn match. I think it was overtime then too. Um, so Schultz is Schultz is going to get on the podium this year. It just depends on how high. Right, I I I truly believe that I, I I really do I I really expect him to get on the podium. Um, Christian Brunner to me is a head scratcher. Okay, now I don't know when he he started getting injured when he was hurt. I know his last match that he wrestled was the the duel against Purdue January twenty sixth. Um, I'm sorry, the duel against Rutgers. He injured, defaulted against Pagano. Uh, before that. You know, he went on a little stretch there where he lost to Lucas Davidson from Northwestern, who, by the way, is tough and can beat, make some noise. He also beat Davidson at the Midlands. Right. I'm telling you, that's that's a, that's a strange that, – that's he, a dude that – He lost to You want to talk Warner, about a sleeper. Right. Davidson's a sleeper. But Brunner's a guy that beat Patrick Brucky. He's beaten J.I.L.O. He's beaten Jake Woodley. You know, he uh, beat Lucas Davidson. That's why I put Brunner ahead of Davidson. Bullsack I know they've twice. I mean – the right Christian Brunner shows up, 
he could end up in the finals if he's opposite of Colin Moore. He, he won't be. But he's what? He's the four seed. He's the four. He's the four seed. Yeah. He's the guy that could finish third then. Yeah, I, I have him finishing fourth, Schultz finishing third. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. You know, that's that's what I mean. The right Christian Brunner shows up, who is a guy that, it's his senior year, round of 12 last year, this is it. If he's healthy, I mean, he definitely, along with Schultz's, it's like, hey, how high can you finish? But you should All-American. But, you know, there's some other dudes out there. You guys, So your finals, you said, was Colin Moore and... Warner. And Warner. Yeah. Um, and I, I think it's Colin Moore and Eric Schultz. Yeah. Okay. And that's a great... That's, that's hard to argue with that. Eric Schultz, too. And you and I, it was the match we watched against... Oh, I think it was the Penn State-Nebraska watch match we watched. Um, right. And he he just looks so much better this year. Dude's so good. I I can't. Well, he's I developing. Can't, I can't get over how like under the radar he flies. Yeah, he's developing. He's constantly developing. I mean, a guy like that is going to be a multiple time All American. I think he's going to finish as All American this year, and next year for sure. So what is he this year? He's a junior. Yep. Yeah, junior. All right, let's get to heavyweight because heavyweight in the Big Ten, dude. This is a stacked freaking. It ain't bad. Weight class. It ain't bad. They got some. They got. They got some dudes, including number one and number two in the country, right? Can we go number three, too? Cassiope? How about the All-American Trey Hilger Ooh, at Cassiope four? Cassiope and Hilger, yeah. How about Gastain Gary sitting there at six, ready, ah. ready to, to give Cassiope another match, ride him out? They, they, they're they going to go um, in the, the second round. How about um, Seth Nevels I got taking him. a big old side, relief side. I know, they get can actually get a start. Um, I have, so they're qualifying seven out of here. Um, and I do have, I have. Uh, Where's uh, Deuce? Deuce is. We got no graduated. Deuce for He graduated. Yeah. Oh man. I do have Cassiope, Jensen, Gaston, Gary Neville's all qualifying, and Hilger obviously. But I do have the finals being Paris Stevenson, and I think that this is one of the matches that we've been looking forward to in a long for a long time. Do you agree with this? With Paris getting the one, and Gable getting the Absolutely. two. Absolutely. Me too. Paris showed up for the duel meet. They didn't wrestle. Even now, aside that, I think Paris, who Paris has beaten this year and how he's beaten them has been phenomenal. Yeah. I do think Paris will be tested a little bit in the semis against Hilger. Yeah, I think I think right Paris there. will win, but I, I I do think he'll be tested. Uh, Stevenson will have Cassiope. I think Stevenson will probably handle him pretty good. I just don't like the matchup as well um, with Cass. I think Hilger's got a better shot to beat Paris than Cass does to Stevenson. It's and it's not because I believe one is better than the other. I just don't like the matchup. I have Stevenson winning this weight, Brandon. I, I we talked about it last week. You know who do we think that there's one guy that we didn't think potentially win a title this year that we do now think it was and we both said Paris Mason without Paris. even without even um, no question discussion without any previous discussion with each Correct. other we both picked the same guy I still even saying that I still want to take Stevenson I just think that he's a freak phenom wrestler and I do know Paris is big he's bigger this year excuse me he's not big but is a heavyweight but he's bigger this year he's so athletic and he's got just that fireman carry just Great attacks, but I think the Stevenson's just a better wrestler, um, and I'm going to take him to win it, and I'm going to take him to win the NCAA tournament. Okay. Um, All right. I, I, you going to you going to fought me on that because I'd like to hear it. I want you to. Okay. Most of what you said, I mean, I honestly can't debate or dispute. The thing is, is that Mason Paris has shown major, major jumps this year. And not only... Huge. So he had this carry last year that he would get at times against bad heavyweights or very unathletic heavyweights 
The problem is last year he would try that against big heavyweights and it wouldn't work. Conor Jennings. Conor Jennings is one. Sam Stoll's another. All right. Sam Stoll's Sam 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 Stoll was another. Sam Stoll's knee. Sam Stoll's knee was another one. I'll never forget that. But what I've noticed from him this year is that he's actually progressed with that, and he's created. He, he he's developed some variations off that. So if he doesn't get the carry, he goes to the dump. If he doesn't get the dump, he's then transitioning from there. And he's scoring more from that. And that bodes well for him. The other thing, Mason Paris has put on weight, all right? And by the way. That's what I'm saying. Mason Good Paris way. is also extremely athletic and explosive like Gable. This is what concerns me about Gable. Gable should, Gable should win the Big Ten. He should win the national title this year. But Gable has sh- got a damn Olympic rat. Uh, that's being disrespectful to Guzowski, but I anyway. love Guz. You know what? Yeah, you sounded like it right there. Oh, shut the f up! I'm kidding. Um, the thing is, man, is I think Gable's mentally weak. I think he is. I There's think- been times, right? There's been times where he's shown that I think he's had those issues. I think when his back is against the wall. And a guy won't give up, does not back down from him, punches him in the mouth, keeps banging with him, all right? G- Gable shuts down. And it was very shocking to me. And we saw it twice last year in his matches against Kassar. I was shocked, completely surprised. Because Gable strikes me as the guy that when he wants to pull the trigger, he should score every time he does. And that's – Paris is the total opposite. Paris is a dude. He's a tough Indiana boy. I don't think he gives a shit. He doesn't give a shit. And he doesn't care who you are. And he's going to go out there and he's going to battle. Look at what he's done this year, Ben. Oh, he's done everything but he pinned Cassiope. Dude, he, he beat Trent Hilger. He's honestly in the conversation, legit conversation, as a Hodge guy. He won't win it. But I'm saying legit. He's got Stencil, a 65% like crazy. Percent bonus rate as a heavyweight sophomore. Almost a 20% increase from the year before. Okay? And he's, he's beating everybody. He's basically had a twenty percent increase from the year before. Yeah, yeah he's, he's beating everybody. That's, that's a really good point. He, so people look at Mason Paris and they kind of they, they see this big football guy that has a carry. What I see is a guy who's very athletic, great footwork, great hand fighting. He's got a nice carry that he can transition to. And you know what? Like you said, he doesn't give a shit. He's head, he's mentally tough. You know what I love? I love that this might be one of the most exciting matches that we have to look forward to. It's a heavyweight match. This I, is the I last love, match. Yeah. This is the last match right. of the season that we want to see so bad, but haven't yet. I yes. I love when heavyweight is good. Me too. We've actually been we've actually been lucky. We've had some really nice heavyweight brackets. Yeah. I know that some of the earlier rounds are not as exciting, but this is gonna be an exciting match. It is gonna be a great match. And Who are you gonna th- pick though, baby? The other thing I wanted to say about Mason Paris too. Go ahead. Mason Paris has given up one takedown all year. One takedown. Jamarcus Grant in the duel against Oregon State. And it was a flash takedown in the first period, and then Mace Paris went on to major decision him. Okay, and I mean flash takedown. Imagine that. A heavyweight who's wrestled almost everybody except for Gable, giving up one takedown all year long. Let me ask you this then. The other thing I was going to say okay, go ahead. is I think Paris always does better the second time he wrestles a guy. Okay, now he hasn't, he hasn't seen Gable yet, right? Or did they? Because they didn't wrestle last year, did they? Not this year. I, they might have wrestled last year. I, I mean, don't think they wrestled last year, Ben. That would be shocking. Um, I'm almost positive they didn't wrestle last year. I could be wrong, guys. Um, I'm checking it right now, but no. No, they I don't never, think they did. They never wrestled Isn't last that weird? Year. They're both in the Big Ten? It, it, exactly. Um, it, so. Could you see 
I will not look. I think Gable is probably the going back to the safe bets. But you know what? If the Mason Paris we've seen all year shows up, he ain't backing down. He's going to punch him in the mouth. That's what I'm about to ask. Could you see a situation where Paris frustrates Gable enough to where Gable gets gets flustered and kind of shuts down? I can. I can too. And that's the thing that gets me. That's the difference for me. And. We've seen people on on like wrestling Twitter say that you know people who haven't wrestled in college have no business talking about the mindset of college wrestlers. Blah 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 blah. Well, luckily blah. I did. Okay, well I didn't, but I do watch wrestling, and I can tell when a guy fucking basically packs it in. Okay, oh, yeah, you don't need to be any, you don't need to be anybody's yeah, better. Exactly, and that take is dumb. By the way, I think it's a stupid take. Anyway, it's a dumb but yeah, take. But anyway, Mason Paris is the guy in this weight class that. Will not back down from Gable. Will attack against Gable, and I think Gable's more athletic than him. But I, th- Paris he isn't is. far behind. He is. He isn't far behind. Oh, man, I can't wait to watch this match. I, I'm picking Stevenson. I don't know why. I'm not going to go out and tell you some crazy freaking technical or statistical reason why. It's just an eyeball test for me. But man, I can't wait to watch it. I don't even know who to pick. You know what? Screw it. Just because you picked Stevenson, I'm taking I'm taking Paris. Boom! Give, and he's on my fantasy team. So so no shot for Hilger or Cass, huh? I believe that Paris has beaten Hilger every time they've wrestled. Yeah. Throughout their career, I believe, the last two years. And um, Stevenson, although the match was semi-close, he he did he scored when he needed to against Cassiope. Yeah, Cassiope, I'm sorry, Gable is a really, really bad matchup against Cassiope because... He's like, come get me. Cassiope... Um, it, it, he's not going to be able to create multiple various attacks and chain wrestle against Gable. That's what I mean. Gable, Gable can, can say, come get me. Gable can. Hey, yeah. you come, want to take me down? Come, come do it. Come do it. Come do it. Because I'm going to be able to take you down. Yeah, I'm, I'm gonna, exactly. So, And I think that doesn't bode well. Um, I do think if there was you know, the, the one guy that I, I think Hilger could pull an upset against Paris. Hilger's They're, got a really tough on top. That's, yeah, their matches that's, have been you know, close. That's a, yeah. that's a key equalizer, as we always say. But he's never been able to turn him, and I do believe that um, yeah. uh, uh, Paris is undefeated against uh, Hilger. I think we'll see Paris Stevenson. We better. But Hilger could play spoiler. We better. I agree. Oh, I want to see it so bad. All right, man. Can we? Hey, since we picked opposite, we got to get a little fun bet on that, like a little Chipotle bet. Okay. Let's do a Chipotle I'm bet. I'm fine with that. All right. Uh, I want a Chipotle buffet. <laughs> yeah, you do. <laughs> Any shot that Penn State wins this? Uh, the the pre-seed, based on the pre-seeds, Iowa's got 145 points. Penn State at 105. That's a lot to overcome. It is. Um, I think we've seen this in the past, though, where um, it's not always the best team that wins the Big Tens who goes on to win nationals. Right. Okay. Um, I'm talking strictly Big Tens. I think that Iowa's probably got probably got the more depth team. They've got more depth. Which is going to help yeah. them to win it. they got just, more guys that's going to place top five than, yeah. than Penn State I'd be does. surprised if Penn State wins this one. Um, I think they have a better shot at NCAAs. I agree with you. Um so that's that. I mean, look, we're two Woo. hours and 20 minutes into this uh, Big Ten little oh my uh, podcast here. So, so my apologies for the long podcast. We love talking about this stuff. Um, give me give me a match that you're really looking forward that could possibly happen in another conference tournament. I know I kind of just kind of threw you by surprise there, and you're thinking through these conferences. I have not even thought about it, man. Just give me one. Think, think about one. All right. I, I really want to see the rematch between David McFadden and Kennedy Monday. I think that that left Ooh. a really sour taste in McFadden's mouth, 
and uh, can Kennedy Monday do it again? So. <laughs> it left something in, in, in McFadden's yeah. mouth. That's I want to see sure. it. Now Thomas Bullard plays spoiler, but I want to see that. All right, right on. What about you? I'm with you, man. I'm going to go with the rematches. I w- am looking forward to see a Hunter Bowen versus Hidley rematch at 184 in the ACC tournament. Some top three dogs, to, man. Three to one match the la- last one, and they're fighting for top seeds at the national tournament. Absolutely, you know, absolutely. So it anyway, means something there. It does. All right, so this weekend's going to be phenomenal. Sorry about the long podcast again. Enjoy the wrestling this weekend. Can't wait to get be back on the mic next week and talk about it. And after that. It's the big tournament time. All right, episode number 114 in the books. And as always, don't wind up in your back, bros.